Oh my gosh, that was the most exciting weekend of games ever. It's Hotline League episode 166. We're going to be talking about that. We got Game Fuel and Alienware back as our sponsors, like we do every episode because we sign year long contracts with these people. Yeah, anyway, uh, first off, let me go ahead and introduce my constant co host, Mark Zimmerman, who last week. When I said, I'm really worried that this weekend is going to suck from a game perspective, he said, nah, it's all good, dog. And then on Sunday, he tweeted, wow, can't wait to analyze this game three. What a banger or something to that extent. How are we feeling, Mark, about these games? Do they live up to your expectations? Dignitas fucking sucks, bro. I don't know what you want me to say. I didn't think they were going to go out there and give out like power picks every single game in every position while they just draft some like weird ass counterpick stuff, you know? I didn't I didn't call that one in my prep, so that's on me. Sorry, I thought that series would be fun. Uh EG TSM delivered, I'd say though. That was a pretty fun series. That was fun. Super sloppy, too. I mean, it was okay, I guess. It, it just kind of like in my mind, it was like, okay, well, we know TSM's the better team. They went out, they were, they won three games, but EG did the normal thing where they like randomly pop off and have a great game, and then here we were. It just, I, I, you know, I, I think you, didn't you predict three one and it went three one? Like it just Tra- Travis's only cool. ability to appreciate a series is if it's an upset or like no, yeah, it doesn't I mean, need to be an upset. That's what I was gonna say. Hold on, if we had those exact same games because EG was up in the last two games if those exact games but definitely doesn't get hooked and then eg doesn't get outplayed randomly in that last game how would you feel about the series then so, been like so i guess banger. theoretically it goes to five games right i mean no, even I mean, if, they would have just run three one i mean if, if yeah i mean i think if eg had like suddenly upset tsm that would feel crazy no one expected that other than dash on this or that he was like My? the one person I watched this or that, and he's like, "I think this is heavily favored for EG." And I was like, "Who is well, this?" Well, I'm glad you just outed yourself as not watching the countdown because I'm pretty sure two people on countdown predicted EG. Really? Exactly. Yeah. Who? Me being one of them. And then oh, wait, I got- oh no, it was you and Raz, right? Who predicted EG? No, no, me and Hi. Okay. Raz predicted a TSM. I predicted TSM, and so did Alorum. But like, you know, it was there was at least people. Uh, going back my point was less about like the outcome and more like dude the game itself was fun to watch all right like the teams were doing shit you know you were screaming at your tv like god damn it definitely you know like it was a fun series like to you curmudgeonly old man who doesn't appreciate gameplay you know it was a boring series because tsm won 3-1 as predicted but um I look. I'm okay with teams winning when you expect them to i just i i was less enthused by the the eg uh, TSM game, and then that dig Hunter T situation was like not very sad. It was very sad. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a game it. fuel tweet that I had we had planned together because the the I'm hopefully uh, game fuel people aren't watching this. I'm going to out the script, but they were they gave us like a they they gave a bunch of influencers. They're like, hey, we want to do this like fun thing where it's like ordering game fuel for delivery from the game fuel website is like. And I was like, how can I make this about the import rule? Because this was, we started talking <laughs> about it several weeks ago. So I joked about it, you know, seeing an NA team do so well. I was like, we got to get this tweet out stat because this tweet is going to look like sour milk by the time that we uh, we get there. I, also, by the way, let's introduce Primal because we've, we've gone, we've already dived into the amazing games. Primal, how's it going? Welcome back to the show. It's going good. Um, 
this weekend I learned that if you ever say, not even say something negative about TSM, if you say they're not going to win, you'll get toxic DMs. So that was a. Uh, Did feel you like see I, the Reddit I thread? I didn't see the Reddit thread. So game, there was a game me. one. There was a game one Reddit thread that huh. they did because they were making Reddit threads after every okay. single one, and people were like, "Get Primal and Raz off the desk." Oh wow, TSM had one bad series, and now we're gonna pretend that they're all shit. Blah blah. blah. They were. You had you angered some fans. Yeah, I will not say Raz, not not Raz. Raz was pro, was pro TSM. Wait, just to be clear. All right, I, I need to make a fucking point. I don't know what it is with like people in this community and like not being able to separate opinions from feelings. But like, if I predict, I think EG is gonna be TSM. It doesn't mean I hate TSM. Like people, like people will like actually take like almost as if I like I hurt them. Like I physically like insulted their family or like slept with their wife because I'm like. I think EG's favorite in this matchup. And part, like, my job is to entertain, right? Like, I'm kind of like, you know, so it was a little bit of a hot take. I knew it. You know, I said, this is, I'm calling it upset. I knew it wasn't, like, necessarily the likely thing. But damn, people got so upset about this shit, man. Kelsey Moser in the chat says, Primal just met his first TSM fan. It's normal. Yeah. Um, so uh, to, to be clear, by the way, I don't want to generalize all TSM fans because the if you go to the TSM subreddit, there are actually a lot of very reasonable people who will then like downvote like the 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 shitty TSM fans who are like whatever. So like I think sometimes we paint with very broad strokes on, on TSM fans because it's fun and easy and oftentimes they are the most loud, passionate fan base. But yes, there are some fucking crazy TSM fans who take it very personally. Yeah, and that's fair. It's not it's not just TSM fans. I think it this so I've been, you know, following League of Legends like forever, but as a fan, so whenever I saw people talk about like you know, like, you know, toxic trolls. It wasn't personal for me because I never got anyone, like, hitting me up, telling me, go die in a fire because of, like, uh, an opinion I had. But then I had this experience. I was like, holy shit, people actually feel this way. Yeah. You've made it. That's, yeah, that's I yeah. guess so. Uh, the other thing I was going to say, though, is some people had you back because um, in the second post-game thread, after EG slapped TSM's ass, then they, a bunch of people were like, where's everyone from the first post-game thread now? <laughs> and it yeah. was like... A bunch of people came back, uh, back around the other way because people also love trashing TSM fans. So you know, it went, it went back the other way a little bit. Well, I yeah. feel it's so funny because Tim, we, we like the craziest place I see this is, is Run It, because Tim usually comes in with like, you know, T Tim is not like a this passionate dude who's like making crazy arguments or whatever. You know, like he's not, he's not one of the many co-streamers right who are, are all like, very emphatic about things. Tim comes in on Run It and he's like. Here's like a stats breakdown on why I think that like TSM <laughs> is gonna just lose this series uh, two two to three, and then it goes up on and uh, TSM fans will be like, I just can't take this guy seriously anymore. He comes in here with his cherry pick stats, his clear vendetta. I'm like, this this he's talking about like a spreadsheet. He's showing you a digital spreadsheet. This is not a man who is like has any hate towards any team. I don't know. It's very funny. Yeah. And just to be clear, like, I do think there was a very good chance that EG beat TSM. Like, I do, and I, I think TSM is generally the better team. But, I mean, even if you look at those games, it's like a one-decision difference in games three and four between EG losing and, and EG winning. That said, like, where I was wrong is that I underrated the players on TSM and I overrated the players on EG. Because those clutch moments with that, like, that one-hook difference... 
like that's a difference and that's a difference in player caliber right so yeah. that does matter it's not like oh we just flipped the coin and eg happens to lose today it's like no tsn's players are better and more consistent that's what happens in close series where i do think stylistically they're outmatched but they just don't have the firepower so yeah i was wrong that's yeah okay. i think for me the reason I, I predicted eg was just like i'd seen too much like you said inconsistency uh being their weakness like oh. so you said you predicted eg Mark? No, I predicted TSM 3-1. Okay, just a second ago, you said the reason I predicted EG. I was just clarifying. I said I didn't predict EG. Okay, sorry. Misheard. I will bite your head off, dude. I've, I'm feeling it. There's a lot of tension and hostility on tonight's Hotline League. <laughs> That's because you come in here and you're like, the games were boring. And I'm like, you're boring. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you know a team that's going to make, like just lose games on their own uh, and like, you know, one in every 10 decisions is going to destroy their, they're like, they're going to get aced on in late game situations. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I want to ever bet on this team in a best of five against, hey, you know, TSM is a pretty competent team. Uh, so I think uh, that, that's ultimately why I went with, with TSM because I think a lot of the stylistic things that people were talking about were true, you know, about like the one three ones and, and like uh, some of this kind of stuff that they could try and use to pull TSM apart. By the way, I was not the only one who misheard you mark because twitch chat universally <laughs> yeah. heard you say Dude, i i knew i fucked up but i tried to bulldoze over that like, <laughs> i if i ever get called out by by like people that i respect i'll back down immediately travis calls me out no you're wrong travis what? i did not say oh that. my god wow Damn, wow even when i was right you have to turn it into a dig on me <laughs> jesus okay uh <laughs> anyway whatever so Let's talk a little bit about tonight's show. Uh, Mark Z and I, let's put it this way. Here's the best way to describe it. I have not been able to give out a game feel victory call of the night for the past three episodes, <laughs> which is not meant as a slam against all our previous callers, but I think we have had some like pretty neutral takes. Um, and so we're going to, we're going to go back to what kind of what we used to do, which is like, we're going to throw some topics out there that I think would be interesting to talk about tonight that, uh, you know, maybe we're looking for some stuff. People can obviously put whatever they want in the take chat, but we're going to try to give you guys a little bit of some pro tips on how to get on. So one, uh, talk about, you know, we'd love to talk about 100T TSM coming up this week and C9 TL. I think those are, but that's going to be an amazing weekend compared to the last weekend we just had. Um, maybe some conversations about how results worked out for this this split, because obviously now we have basically everything people would have predicted uh, for the top four. Um, some, I don't know. I think, I think there's a lot of conversations we had about uh, maybe this is kind of weird, but like we don't necessarily need to, but a uh, lot of, there's a lot of import players in the top four teams. So that's kind of an interesting thing. I don't know. Mark Z, what have you been? I, I don't you, I know you guys already filmed the dive. Any interesting topics from the dive today that you think would be, you'd love to hear callers takes on before they go listen to the dive. Um, not particularly. I mean, we talked a little bit about coaching staff of the split on the dive and, and kind of, you know, went back and forth a little bit about like the merit of it, given that it's probably the award that we have the least basis for anything we say about it. Um, you know, given how coaching staffs are more in the background. Um, so, I'm I mean, so happy we, you brought this up. Dig got fucking robbed on that. I can't believe it went to C9. I mean, I can kind of believe it went to C9, but like, I voted Dig. Uh, do you, I don't. You guys don't need to disclose your votes because I guess Riot doesn't do it for the coaching thing. But I was really surprised that Dig did not get it. I gave it Dig. I'll tell you that I went Dig TSM 
C9, I think, were my three. Primal's Maybe. wincing like he did not say dig. I did not say dig. Oh, um, no. Get off okay. the show. I know, I know. Uh, like, first a TSM thing, and then the dig hate. This guy just hates every fucking team. Okay, so the, here's, a, here's a thing. This is why I'm, I've just been bearish on dig the whole split. I think they've beaten teams. Like, in general, I think they've overperformed. I thought they had a great split. I, I had them, like, probably, like, seventh or eighth position. I forget where I power ranked them. Was totally wrong. They look great. But I think against top teams, they were consistently not doing super hot. Um, now, with TSM being a notable exception, I think they were 2-0 versus TSM. They were 0-2 versus TL. They were 0-2 versus C9. And me, personally, and you can see this even in how I uh, rank for All Pro, I really value performance against top teams. So, in terms of, like, did this team overperform? Absolutely. Does this team have great players? Absolutely. But do I think this team has the best coaching staff in North America? I don't. So I think that's a valid argument. I actually do really appreciate the, like, oh, they weren't able to take these these games off these bigger teams. But I'm trying to remember what was the – and this is not some coy thing. I actually can't find it on the website. What was the, like, distance between uh, C9 and Dig in terms of, like, total wins – uh, that split, or or between any of the t the teams that were above them, wasn't it just like a couple games? Uh, I'm looking real quick. Um, they had 11. C9 had 13. So two. That's games. A, so that like that is for me one of the biggest arguments for like not just okay. I think C9 and TL and TSM all have talented coaches and coaching staffs. I'm not trying to shit on them. However. If you are C9 and you have this like crazy lineup, you are TL, you have this crazy lineup, and Dignitas is one or two games behind you, like I think that says as much about coaches not being able to get the most out of their team as it does about Dig getting more out of their team. So not only do I like not only do I think Dig overperformed, but I actually think the top teams kind of underperformed what they should have been able to accomplish with those those lineups. And so I think that's part of the reason why I'm like like I when I, I I'm actually curious, Primal. Like, what what about C9's split made you really feel like their their coaching staff deserved it? Not trying to super challenge you. I'm just curious. I actually don't recall if I rated C9 or TL number one, but I think this applies for both teams. Um, I think they just have consistently just have much better drafts, um, and I think it's reflected in like how they're able to get advantages early game, like pretty consistently. Obviously, their players are super good, so that's part of it too. But I feel like in for Dig, a lot of the games, A, I feel like we needed to re-rate our expectations of the players because I don't think this was like a situation where we had a bunch of like bad players overperforming. I think we had a bunch of players who had lagging expectations of them being bad be wrong. And the players just ended up being like arguably like, like maybe the worst player on that team was like top five in role. You could argue Dardock and Aphromu were top three in position, right? So overall, like if you look at just the quality of the players, it's not crazy to look at this team and be like, okay, this is a team that's actually two wins behind C9. And I think they were, what, third in the split overall. Um, so I, I think one, we just need, we actually need to look at the players and not be like, hey, this is a, like a bunch of trash players who the coaches got so much more value than they should have gotten. Um, and overall, like I think the things that Dig does early game, like just aren't particularly impressive. I think what their strength is, is their team fighting. 
right? Their team fighting late game is like particularly good. Yeah, Darduck obviously you know, has some pop-off moments and I think has some good individual performance, but I don't think there's a team where you see like excellent macro or super smart uh, split map plays or like super good objective setups and objective takes. I think you have a, a, a team of like solid players who performed as a group of solid players does. And that's about it. Whereas I think, if, especially with C9, given the issues I think they still had top at the beginning of the season, um, has just a much more cohesive early to mid game plan. They're much, much better about around objectives. And look, this is the problem with coaching of the split discussions. Like one could argue that maybe they just had much better macro because they have much better players who understand the macro yeah. game. I, obviously that's part of it. Um, but I really, really value like things like drafting and, and macro and early game uh, performance overall. So I, I just couldn't bring myself to vote for Dig as being first. But I think they obviously have a good coaching staff. Well, I appreciate I, think, I appreciate that. I do want to throw it to Mark though, because people in the Twitch chat are saying, "Travis, this is why you're not an analyst, and your take is dumb." So Mark also voted for Dig. So I'm going to throw it to a real analyst who hopefully doesn't have a dumb take. Well, I think a lot of the things that people say for reasons not to put Dig also are things that you can easily use similar reasoning for for why these other teams might not be as impressive too like uh talk about oh well afro and dardock are, are better than people give them credit for and there's a number of players on the team who are like top five and rule and this and that and it's like yeah well what the fuck is c9 and tl you know <laughs> like literally one two and across the board nearly every position aside for tactical who underperformed uh you know like uh, and, and, and Fudge, who was, you know, ranking up over the course of the season, but still way more tools. People who have been to multiple uh, international competitions, have made world semifinals, world finals, MSI fi uh, MSI winners on, on some of these teams, world finalists on some of these teams. And I think, um, you know, when you talk about, like, well, how much is, is the coaching staff teaching these guys macro and how much of this is, you know, fucking Perks has been slamming international competition for two years now, you know, like... No offense to rain over it because I, I voted also for them on my ballot. I don't think they're bad or any of those guys. Uh, and it's like, you know, if we start talking about macro and giving that to the coaches, it's like, well, you know, it it's it's like, well, I, I don't know if I can 100% get behind that because the players are all ultimately the ones like in the game doing these kinds of things. And we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe it's bad coaching and stuff like that. One thing I can agree with that Primal said was like, do you think that like, Dignitas really has the smartest coaches in the entire league. You know, if you ask the question like that, I think it's a lot harder for me. And no offense again to the Dignitas guys, because I voted them number one. Um, and I, I don't know if I, I could um, say that. A lot of people do, like Kelsey and Chat saying, oh, abstain from voting. I mean, like, some people do do that. To me, it's not an award to, to say who I think the best coach in the split, in the actual LCS is, in like a who's the smartest kind of thing. Because we'll never get a good answer for that as people on the outside. Because you'd have to sit in like each team's rooms as they actually do prep and work with their players and stuff like that. Coaching, like how smart you are, also isn't like the end all be all. A ton of it is how you manage personalities, how you actually uh, implement uh, your processes for how to improve and keep structure and. Dignitas has Dardock on the team, everybody. Come on. So are we going to keep doing him dirty like that after this split? I'm just, he, we, I mean, I only bring it up because Mark said how you manage personalities and dar it, name any player in the league who I, who I think the general consensus has, has a bigger personality in voice comps or among the players he's playing with. Uh, 
Again, we'll use actually, the word bigger actually, personality. After game three, hundred things. <laughs> he's, about to say. he's clearly a mega tilted. Maybe never mind. I reject my comment. Yeah. <laughs> what he would do uh, <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, my, my final point with this is just like for me, a lot of these things when you really start getting the nitty gritty, kind of breaks down, um, and that's why I don't even. I, I I mostly go with what, probably this is the the closest thing you'll ever see me thought process Travis to is like looking at the team's expected performance level, seeing what they got out of them. Uh, and and not trying to attribute necessarily is that this is a player because coach uh, drafting as well you'll hear every coach talk about like this is so heavily influenced by players uh, you know it's like can they play this champion do they want to play this champion uh, you know you can try and force them to learn it but if they're just bad at it it's not like you can draft it like you know well we just can't play Camille and Tanar with Fake God for example I don't know if they've ever tried that I'm sure they tried that in scrims you know uh, maybe they couldn't make that work maybe Saligo couldn't or like the Tardock didn't didn't camp topside enough you know to make it work. Who knows why they're more limited in draft? It's, I, don't, I doubt it's because like they just didn't understand that this champ was actually a counter to this one. Like those kinds of things are usually what's really happening in draft versus like, ah, oh, shit, I just didn't even think of that champion, which does admittedly happen sometimes. But um, but but here's the thing, Mark. This is my question. And for the record, I I actually just don't really love voting for coaching staff as split. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's the least important to me. For, by it's a mile. least. It's at least important, and it's by far the hardest to parse, like, what's the staff doing versus the players. At least with the players, I can largely say that, like, 90 to 99% of what they're doing on the Rift is, is like, their performance. But I can't really say the same for coaches, even in draft, which is really uh, kind of shitty. But if we look at Dignitas, right, they ended officially fifth. Um, one could argue that, you know, they were tied with 100 Thieves, so you could say four-fifth. I think maybe they lost a tiebreaker, I'm not super sure. Um, but do you not feel like, given the performance of the players right now, you wouldn't expect them to be a fifth-place team? Do you think the disparity between the quality of their players and their placement is that big? I, I mean, I don't think that... I think that there's an argument that this team played well because of the fact that they had good coaching, right? Like, I would attribute some... Like, th this is a... People ranked this team low because people don't think those players are good. And so would, whenever but 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 that's I, people were wrong. Well, right? I would like, I would I would argue good. I think the players are are better than they gave them credit for, but I don't think that this team skill-wise is substantially better than EG FlyQuest or Immortals um who they they heavily outperformed. I think you can give the players credit for playing a great split, but I mean like I don't think um you know when you start comparing Palafox, Fake God, uh, Palafox, Saligo, and Insanity, I think Saligo had, you could argue, the best split, but I don't think he's like an insanely better player. I think that this team worked very well together, um, you know, and how they meshed together and how they found a play style, and they deserve all the credit in the world for that, but I don't think that they just skill gapped the three teams that I just listed that they outplaced. Like, really, EG has less talent on that roster than yeah. Dignitas? No That's fucking fair. way. So yeah. like, where, where, why, why'd they outplace them? And I would say, you know, I, I'm not saying it's 100% because of the coaches, but I'm going to give the coaches credit on the coaching award voting. Not like I'm going to go out and praise Dick's coaching staff as, as the sole reason they're fifth. Yeah. That's a good argument, actually, on comparing EG's talent to Dignitas. I mean, I'll note that it, it's a fifth or sixth place difference, but I do think one would argue that EG has a more talented team and got worse results. Well, so. I think it's clear that all three of us made some really great arguments on this. So we're going to... Uh, we could open it up to calls. I'm sure some people would like to call in and uh, and have their own takes on Coach of the Split. So I'm glad you raised it, Mark, because I had planned on bringing this up. I forgot about it. Oh, by the way, 
and our we we didn't do our normal jibber jabber on like what what we've been doing this week but uh one thing i want to mention is uh is because we immediately got into it i played wild rift and i like it i mean i don't tend to like mobile games too much but i just want to throw it out there congratulations to the wild rift team and the experience by the way for onboarding into the game and just using the client, it's so much better, or the app, it's so much better than PC League. So I just want to shout out the Wild Rift folks and congratulate them on that. Have you had a chance, to, either of you had a chance to play it yet? I have not. It's, it's worth it. I mean, I know we're all just like, we're not Zoomers, and so the idea of playing a mobile game feels weird, but I, I'd at least give it a try. Mark, I assume you haven't? No, and I'm never going to try it. Okay, well. I played... Oh shit! What was that game? A mobile game that was on the phone. King of Glory. Two years ago, three years ago. No, Le- not, not the Chinese one. Yeah. Um. Oh, Vainglory. Vainglory. Because you were casting Vainglory. It. Yeah, and that's about it. I'm never, I'm probably never dipping my toes back in there. I mean, it feel it feels really good to play. Like I'm a Blitzcrank main, and so playing Blitzcrank on the phone, it's kind of fun. I will say the experience is, is probably if you've never tried these, the experience is better than you would go in with your own like PC gamer biases. When I played Vainglory, for example, and assuming the controls of Wild Rift or anything as good as you know similar to that, uh, it, it felt pretty good. Honestly, you could animation cancel when I was like tapping well, and like you know you you could actually kite and do things, and and, and it felt pretty good. Did Wild Rift have like or sorry, did Vainglory have like basically two joysticks? Because that's kind of what you're doing with this game is that you've kind of got two joysticks, and that's how you're. Uh no, you had one in like an action bar, and some of the action bar was would be targeted. So like you would uh tap and then tap again to shoot where you wanted. Um, but it wasn't like a, a second joystick. I don't. Yeah, believe. you should. You, I, I know you say you don't want to, but you should try it. Okay. Uh, anybody else? Anything else that happened this week that we're forgetting? I feel like it's been mostly a quiet week, and then we had those like just atrocious series these past those past week. So I. <laughs> Do you Maybe. want to cancel the show, Travis? Do you think it was that bad? Should we just, no. should we just call it? No. Uh, this this is the He's cash really cow. really negative on it. I don't, know. I don't want to keep Tra- it here if you don't want this to This is here. the cash cow of Travis Gafford Industries. We need to – we have to brute force <laughs> these babies out, okay? Uh, and plus we've got Primal yeah. who literally That's has – gruesome image. Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude. <laughs> You've got to C-section this shit out of here. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Well <laughs> – <laughs> Primal Primal is literally an award-winning uh, uh, pr- producer. Is that what your title would be for? Is that what you you're listed as a on the whatever? We're gonna go with award-winning yeah. producer. This show's gonna be great because we've got literally. Anyway, so uh, let's go ahead and uh, take some calls. Mark, you want to explain how it works? Yeah. Uh, so if you've never seen the show before, this is a live call-in show. So you can go in and uh, give your takes to us on the Discord that we use. Go ahead and pasting that in Twitch chat right now. Go ahead and join that Discord. Once you get there, join one of the voice call channels, pleb calls, pleb calls too, or sub calls if you're able to get in there. Uh, and then in the pleb topics tech channel up above, go ahead and post your takes, what it is that you want to talk about. Uh, as Travis said this week, probably looking for some takes around the series that just happened and the series coming up. Uh, I don't think there is that much other news, though I'm always I mean, willing the co- to. The coaching stuff. The coaching uh, stuff. As by the way, said, like, I, I'm sure Primal and Mark would feel very uncomfortable with these, this type of take, but maybe Mark will be man enough to take it and I can just address it. But uh, if anybody wants to talk about viewership, viewership on Saturday was uh, very spooky. So I'd be happy to field a call about that if anybody has any. Are you any talking about game on. one viewership or later on in the day? Uh, yeah, I mean, at the, I get that there was an LEC match happening, but... My God, there was, uh, what was it? It was like 35K viewers, and then I think Peter had like 15K viewers 
on by the end of game one on that first day. Like it's a TSM match, and it, we're just sitting there. Like I don't know. I'm I'm totally. I mean, I don't mind taking these topics on the point. Just just to be clear, I'm totally fine to talk about this. So let's okay. talk. About yeah. It. yeah. If 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 I can find a, a caller with a take or something, but otherwise. One thing I'll say about the whole Peter versus the LCS's viewership is like Peter and all streamers have a portion of a fan base that will watch them do whatever. Peter will get 10K if he turns on and bakes, if he is just chatting, you know, like, so when the LCS viewership is struggling and Peter's also online, I don't think that those are necessarily competing groups and it's like a weird comparison to make uh, at that point, you know? I, do, when, I mean, I think it's... The only thing I would say is it when the LCS viewership is low and you have Peter at like 50% or more of the number of the LCS thing, I get what you mean. I totally agree, but it still looks really weird. And it does also mean that in that moment, he has a great deal of voice and control over the narrative of what's happening there in a way that he doesn't and under normal situations, but I mostly no, I care. I care. I compared the product of the team if members. Ninja mostly watched just the LCS the and co-streamed it, and there were a hundred thousand people watching him. It's not like that's the same viewership. Wait, are are we talking about two different things though? Are, so, Travis, what's the concern? Is it the number of co-streamers of LCS relative to? Or sorry, no, the number my of my the biggest concern. The mainstream, or is it LCS versus LEC? No, no, no. My biggest concern is not LCS versus LEC. It's not even the co-streamer stuff. It's like we have a TSM match in playoffs, and we're getting like forty-five k or fifty k so viewers. That's the part that I would that I think is is if you are concerned about anything, the part to be concerned about. The double thing is literally in one ear out the other because like I as just far mentioned as I can... it as a way of cumul of of adding cumulative viewership together. Because Dom and LS were co-viewing LEC. So, like, the only viewership was those two numbers on Twitch. I knew there was a little bit on YouTube. But, like, that, I just brought it up for that reason. Right. I would say... Yeah, whatever. Anyways, uh, I'll start pulling topics. And, by the way, if you are a sub, thank you for being a sub. Be sure to put your take in the subtopics channel, which you can access by syncing your Twitch and your Discord together. Because uh, it moves a little slower there. But... Um, I'm ex I'm hopeful that we'll get some spicy fun takes tonight because, uh, you know, not to flame the callers, but the last couple episodes, uh, there were some comments about how it was a little, a little more calm and I kind of agreed with it. Mark and I had a discussion. He agreed. It was just sort of, you know, I looked at some of the takes and we're just, we're looking for some fun stuff. Primal, what did you get up to this weekend? I mean, besides obviously work, but what have you been up to this past week? Uh... What did I do this past week? Yesterday I watched the finale of Attack on Titan, which wasn't yeah. really finale. It was actually so bullshit. Like it's a mid-season. It wasn't even a mid-season finale. It was just like they were like, hey, we'll be back in winter of 2022, even though we've been advertising this as a final season. So that was kind of tilting. Um, I did not know that, and I'm so glad I put on I was going to binge it whenever it was done. So now that I know that, I'm no, going to stay it, 10 feet away. It's definitely not done, so... I, I feel like I've been misled the entire season, even though I was like, there's no way they're going to finish this whole thing in 16 episodes. Um, what else? I went to the beach. Oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah. We it was, have, like, the weather's been nice in LRA. Yeah, it's been dope. And there's yeah. this beach where you can make fires. Um, and, you know, I think because of COVID, it's to try to disincentivize people from making fires. They took away, like, these fire pits that you would make the fire in. 
But we were like, well, you're, you allow us to make fires on the beach, so we're just going to dig a hole in the ground and make a fire in the ground. So that's what we did instead. Nice. And then, uh, I don't know, all blurs together, man. In quarantine, every day feels exactly the same. I mean, it, for, for the people outside of the U.S. or outside of California, I think all of us in the attached to the LCS are very excited by the the April 15th general availability yes. for vaccines in California. So yes. a lot, I know a lot of people, especially outside the U S have been wondering when we're going to get everybody back in studio and when things will start to feel normal, especially as LEC has been able to, to sort of uh, do more normal things for a while. And uh, it feels like really good news as we're approaching um, a time where we're, we'll be in a better place. So I'm pretty excited about it. Um, Mark, I don't know if you're still reading over some takes or whatever, but, yeah, I got the first one we can go with. Okay. We and we can keep taking call we can keep taking takes, folks. There's only two people in the waiting room. So if Mark hasn't pulled yours yet, maybe think of another one. Or uh, some other folks can can maybe put some stuff in there. But again, um make sure that you join the Discord, drop stuff in the pleb and subtopics channels, and that's how it goes. Gaming for the weekend is calling in. Uh where are you calling from? Hello. I am calling from Sydney, Australia. Australia. We get so many Aussie callers, and I'm sure it's just good timing there because I think it's in what's the afternoon for you. Yeah, it's it's lunchtime. Taking nice. a break from work to to call in. Very good. Well, I appreciate the the you spending your time with us. Uh, what is your take? Yeah, ho- hopefully a super popular one. <laughs> my my take is that the addition of the OS players uh, to the LCS and Academy adds a whole lot, and that OS is not just a, a player dollar store. I can elaborate a little bit. <laughs> yes. I, I um, pre- is, has somebody accused it of being a player dollar store? <laughs> no, I don't think so, but I just coined that, so that's mine now. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sure... Wait, so uh, you, I, you, you basically manufactured flames to refute it? Yes. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely the type of thing you could imagine hearing like, oh, it was on several co-streams or something. People were calling OC a player dollar store. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. So you think, you think uh, OS has been a really good improvement for LCS? Yeah, I mean, obviously, after those got boomed slightly, uh, it was tough here. Um, but I, I think it's added a lot to the LCS. I think that going into the playoffs or the top four playoffs, at least, the top four teams have four players from most. There's Fudge, Lost, FBI, and Ryoma. Um, and I think that I think some of them have, all, you know, some are, some are looking more more solid than others. But I think that given the opportunity, these players will do well and continue to grow. I think Fudge is a good example of this. Uh, I loved seeing him come in at the start of this at the start of the split and. Do some do some trash talk, and he got beaten down pretty hard. But then he took it really well. And I think, you know, I'm not saying he's the best uh, the best top laner. That probably goes to Alfari. But I think he's shown a lot of development, um, and it's been a really solid performer for C9. While he's not perks, that'll be a tough act to follow. I think he's been pretty reliable. And I think, especially during his recent games, has shown a lot of really good form. I'd be curious to get your your take on this. But um, I think outside of that, um, I think that players like Raze and Destiny. Uh, will also develop a lot. And then looking towards the academy side, I think there's players like Isles and King. King has been one of the best players in those for a really long time. And I think that when he gets a shot in the LCS, he'll shine really, really well, like he has in, in academy. So I think there's a lot of depth uh, to the OS player talent pool. And I think that in reality, they just never really had the development opportunities that would make them uh, top players in the LCS. But I think that if they could keep getting these opportunities, I think that... Uh, we'll probably see a lot more OS players ending up in the top four teams in the LCS. And this doesn't just mean that the LCS is weak. 
I think it just means that the whole region will be stronger. Well, one one quick question on that before I throw it over to Mark and, and Primal. Yeah. Do you think we will continue? Like, my concern is we have uh, pillaged your your <laughs> players, and so I worry that like we took the best like of of the crop of of that league. I worry that there won't be like a great system. I know they've they've replaced the league now, but. Um, yeah. I worry that perhaps like this will be we've taken the great players and then the others will not be able to develop sort of the way these ones were able to. Yeah, look, it's definitely true that the uh, the LCS has uh, has pillaged and pilfered up all the best players in the region. That's for sure. But there's still a lot. Of, there's still a lot of up and coming decent players here. I think uh, I I watch quite a lot of the new domestic league and there's uh, a lot of fresh up and coming players that are really fun to watch. And that I think some show a lot of promise. So I think, yes, while a lot of the best players were taken out of the league, I think that's just opened up more slots for more talent to grow. I think that with people like Spawn uh, at Liquid, obviously bringing across other players like Harry, et cetera, uh, I think they'll keep an eye out. And uh, <laughs> hopefully there's some more, uh, in inverted commas, nepotism uh, to bring more OS players over to NA. Because I think that, again, there are still good players here and not new players that will show up um, that I think will be able to, to step up. Well, I appreciate the call out on how many uh, OS players did make it into the top four because I think it's it's really notable. Okay, so Mark or Primal, I don't know which one of you wants to jump in here first, but I'll uh, jump in. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so first of all, thanks for the take, even though you manufactured some <laughs> dollar store. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, here in his defense, Primal, I will say this: one thing that was happening during the time where Anero was getting heat for working with a lot of OS coaches was there was a lot of talk about like. Oh, OS is not a a great region, or it's not a very strong region, and I don't think there's been a general recognition of like, oh, now we can go get a lot of these OCE players. So I do think calling out like, like they've done well despite perhaps not very high expectations. I think for the region in general, yeah, so I think a fair one. If I could just very quickly add, so I've not spoken a lot, but uh, yeah, I definitely saw that, which is kind of why I said that it was like, well, if you can't get anything better, go OS, as opposed to the fact that OS actually does have talent that's worth getting regardless of necessarily what you're paying for it the fact that you're getting it for a dollar store price is even better yeah, yeah sure um so i think the weird thing this is kind of an oblique point relative to your point but i do think is relevant is okay so if we look at the league right now right it has 50 starters like give or take we let's assume at least two out of every five members is an import um and import does not include oc right because oc is considered yeah. domestic now so that's another 20 players taken out of the pool. Let's add some more because you have teams like TL that actually is like almost, you know, kind of four imports, but um, some of them have been here for a long time, so they don't count against the import rule. And then you have like seven OS players of like, I would say middling to high level, like FBI probably being the best and like Fudge being up there too. And then, you know, some other players maybe not lost being... Lost and yeah. Yeah, Lost also like mid to top tier in his role. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually like, is OS re overrepresentative, and what does that actually say about NA talent or NA talent development? Not to bring this to like into a negative take, I do think OS is the inf infusion of OS talent has been great, but it's kind of weird to me that a region that, as I understand it, is much smaller than NA from a player population uh, perspective, yeah. has yeah. this high percentage of players in the league relative to NA players. Like that seems really concerning to me. <laughs> um, so I don't know yeah. if that's that they're cheap. They were cheaper to get, um, and just better value for the owners. I don't know if it's just like Osis randomly has super good League of Legends players relative to their population base. 
Um, but I think that's an interesting, it's just an observation. I don't really know what to make of it, but you bringing this up brought that to mind. I think, uh, I mean, I at least think it's interesting uh, to think about because I think the OST import talent injection that kind of happened has been good for North America as a whole um, in just terms of like, hey, more talent coming over, uh, which I think is, is good. And for the most part, I'm pretty happy with all of them. I mean, even Ryoma, which people flame for uh, getting put in, uh, which I understood more so when he was counted as an import player. Um, you could say like that's a waste of an import slot, arguably, if he's not up to the talent that you know is considered top tier from other regions, uh, major regions, I should say. But now that he doesn't count as an import slot, you know, like he's actually not like I don't think crazy worse or anything compared to a lot of the um, mid to low NA mids. You know, like the people I was listening before, Sligo, Demonte. Uh, Insanity, Palafox, some of those guys that he's he's competing, you know, arguably competing for his slot against, you know, like um, I, I don't even even Ryoma is probably the worst OS player you could say in the LCS right now. Uh, maybe I mean you, you can get into like Raze or Destiny or, or some of this kind of stuff, um, but they're they're at least to me look pretty competitive with native North American talent in a lot of ways. Um, so it is it is interesting to your point, uh, Kaizen about. Well, what does that say? <laughs> that like we obviously just skimmed the top, like the best off, and I am worried about the the entire OS ecosystem now. That you just like take the top off; they no longer have a, a, a league that's running. You know, like this might have been a one-time purchase kind of thing <laughs> uh, to, yeah. to, to to put it. Uh, you know, and and the player population there was not never great. I know people used to go transfer their accounts to to OS to play solo queue there because it was so much easier. Like. A yeah. D5 player could be challenger in OS, and they would, uh, you know, get their challenger border and transfer back and stuff, you know? So, like... Yeah. Um, That's a good point, Mark, because that makes me think that there's all this NA talent on the back end that is actually better than some of the OS talent, for well, sure. Well, here... should be starting ahead of them, right? Let's compare this, right? So, like, at the end of last year, there was obviously a pretty big movement. Both the community and the owners seem to want to expel a lot of the old names from the league. And then you also had some that like just retired, like Pearson and Devilish. Then you had the, so, so now you have to, to get these, you, maybe you don't want an import. If you don't want an import, now your options are North American talent or OCE. What better demonstrated great players or allowed you to find the better players, OPL or like the, academy system which was basically the only thing that people were really pulling from at the time i yeah. i guess we also had like scouting grounds and stuff but like clearly this this league that was running throughout the entire year and had been for several years was probably going to be a better advertisement for i'm a good player than like what we were doing previously in north america that's a great point i mean i guess you would rather go for an oc player who at least played in a ostensibly pro-level league that did qualify for Worlds than some una unproven NA talent. So, I don't know, like, maybe this is just, like, a initial year, yeah. you know, importing of of OC talent. Um, because it's just hard for me to believe, based on what Mark was saying about the solo queue environment there and everything. And, you know, we saw those players at Worlds. There's never anything particularly impressive. Um, I'm hoping this actually does not continue as a trend. Because that would, I think that would mean that NA talent is just not getting a good look at all, which we already suspect. But 
Poor, yeah, and, this and poor caller. <laughs> Calls in very excited about OCE, and you guys are just like, yeah, <laughs> well, really hey, hope we don't see more no, of these chocolates. every story, so... I mean, I, I, like I said, I love all the Oast guys. Like, there's, yeah. like I was, I was saying, even there about like, you know, Ryoma, I don't think is like this. I mean, as much as the community makes him out to be, this just absolute trash can or anything. And so, like, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to, you know, if if King ever gets a visa sorted out or whatever is holding him back, um, and if Rays can develop more here because it did take multiple splits before F, maybe it's only one before FBI started looking good, but but Lost was here for like two years before uh, he really got his shot. Now, um, and he's doing pretty good with it, so. Um, you know, I, I'm happy to see them. I'm happy for just generally more talent in our talent pool, but I do think it, it raises some interesting questions that we were kind of ruminating on, but I don't think we really have any answers to. I think sure. it would be great if North America had some sort of tournament starting soon, um, or some sort of event. We have a caller about it. Uh, that, that this, we could help showcase NA talent, but I don't, I'm, I'm unaware of anything like that. Um, primarily you were about to say something. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I am, I'm grateful for the talent infusion in the short term, even though I'd be concerned if it considered, continued at this proportion in the long term. And the OC players give some banger interviews, right? People hated on Fudge because of the brainless thing, but it gave you something to talk about, so. You got me disliked a ton on my fucking YouTube channel because he said that he was, he thought yeah. he was second best behind Alfari. Hey, bro, that's engagement. You take that every time. True. All right. <laughs> uh, gaming. Yeah. Uh, any... I, we've we've unfortunately we appreciate what you've sent us but we're we're less interested in the future um is there is there anything you you have to say about anything we've said before we we give you a chance to shout out stuff yeah no i think it's fair uh, i think that i'd love to see the future and talent be developed uh, as well in addition to still picking up some of the best those talent because i think it's really good for the players here it's kind of a dream right uh start off in us the, the small back back country of us and then end up playing in in AOEU. Um, so hopefully that continues in, in some small form. Um, outside of that, uh, yeah, I think there are still decent players in those you know, players like Pabu, who I think most people would know from uh, some of his uh, beating Faker and 1v1s and stuff. Uh, players like him and Only, Shock, Violet. These, these guys in those are still good. I think you'll probably see them in Academy or maybe even in the LCS in the not distant future. But um, yeah, that's that's about it. In terms of parting comments, uh, shout out to Gamefield and Alienware. Thank you. Uh, I I you can even bought... get game feel in your country and you're shouting it out. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, they should bring it to Australia. But I recently bought a 20 inch, 7 inch, uh, 240 hertz Alienware monitor and it is straight fire. That was off the back of uh, both you and Spawn saying good things about it. Fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I really, really do appreciate it. I hope you, um, sounds like you do appreciate the monitor. So I'm glad to hear that. Thanks I so see. much for the call. I've got one last, one last shout out. Sure. Uh, and that is that despite the OPL uh, departing, there is a new league in those called the LCO. Uh, quite close to the LCS in name. Uh, we're going into playoffs this week uh, and our, our broadcast are nicely in the US time zone. Uh, so come and watch uh, the future of NA talent before you see them in the top four LCS team. Well, that's what I was referencing. I think it's great that there's a tournament starting this week, uh, the LCO playoffs, that will allow us to see the future of LCS talent. I think it's great that there's something like that. <laughs> thanks it's so much. Twitch.tv slash LCO. Thanks for shouting out. Have a good one. That's a thanks, fucking guys. great caller. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Let's take a quick break, um, Mark, because we had such a, a big chat before that uh, we'll do one, this one call and then we'll, we'll take the break. So right now, as the caller just said, I want to shout out Alienware. Um, I know I mentioned this last week, but just as a reminder, they now have Cherry 
Amex keys. So some people I saw afterwards, they were like, what is that? So cherry switches are basically the, the foundation for most, if not all, I admittedly, I'm not the guy that builds the mechanical keyboards. There are some people that are very enthusiastic about this, but basically uh, these, these cherry switches are the foundation for mechanical keyboards. And so whenever folks like to use mechanical keyboards for gaming, um, rather than like the membrane keyboard, that's that's what we're talking about. We're talking about these cherry switches. It's about the way that the keyboard works. And you can now get those, again, normally you can't do this, but this is, I believe Cherry and Alienware are saying the first ever mechanical keyboard available on a notebook. So the M15, M17, you can get as an optional upgrade, uh, which is really cool. So if you do like mechanical keyboards, I think that's a lot of people who do PC gaming, they really like it. Uh, they annoy their roommates or significant others or coworkers with these loud clacky keyboards. Um, you can go check it out on the Alienware M15 or M17. You can go do that at alienware.com slash Travis. If you're watching the YouTube uh, right now, the YouTube channel, there's a link below because perhaps alienware.com slash Travis is just, it's just too much for your brain. You need a link. So that's down there. You can also use Travis 10 off at checkout to save 10% on your order. And we appreciate Alienware so much for sponsoring the show. Uh, fantastic partner. I actually just put in, an order for some new Alienware stuff uh, recently. So that should be showing up soon. Uh, appreciate Alienware for their support of our show. All right, Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? Sure. Very good. Um, also some shout outs to the uh, folks in chat. Let's see, where are we? Or who also subbed? Uh, 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 Frat Chad. Uh, I believe I got... J Genghis Khan and oh Jawagar, thank you for the five subs. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh Jobadiah with the one gifted sub, a gray TCG, uh Arbore, the Roman player, and Rapapa Franku. We'll get to the rest in a second because right now we got Silk on the show. Silk, where are you calling from? Uh Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Alberta, Canada. Okay, we've had two uh well a North American caller, but uh two international callers from outside the US so far. Silk, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I wanted to talk about how I think TSM is a very clear cut below C9TL. Um, and I'm not even sure if they're top four quality. Okay. So you think there's a chance that they are worse than 100T? Yes. Okay. Oh, so no. Silk, I do want to warn you. take it back. Yeah. Primal. Take it back. They're going to kill you, man. But I won't. You're, you've got an anonymous. We're going to ho hopefully you don't use this name anywhere else because as Primal said, this is you. a... A yeah. dangerous <laughs> statement. Um, <laughs> Got to put this guy in witness protection after this. All right, let's go. <laughs> okay, so why why do you feel this way, Silk? Well, watching from like all the way back at lock in, right through the regular split up to the whatever the hell was called mid season the showdown. I know it's it's yeah. confusing. Yeah, there's been a consistent amount of games where TSM has just been like gifted free wins despite or despite, um, in, not including that like two week stretch where they looked incredibly clean which like, if you take stock of the rest of the games that they've played since Lockin looks more like a fluke than anything of the players like actual work and I'm not trying to say that they're like bad players and coaching staff is bad or anything but it didn't seem like it was intentionally as we it if that makes sense yeah you're cutting out a little bit there but i think we got we got the majority of it you're saying 
just looking at their games, it doesn't feel like they play clean other than there was about a two week stretch where it seemed like they really turned it on. Is there, is there any reason why you think that means that they're worse than C9 or TL? Do you think those two teams are playing very clean games? I don't know if like on a consistent basis, they're playing as clean, at least in, in best of ones, but like best of fives, especially in the, in the mid season showdown, it'll really, I mean, we already saw it with TL versus TSM in week one or yeah, I guess weekend one of the mid season showdown where in a best of five, like it, just it wasn't it wasn't even close i don't think even in game one where like sure the goal deficit was 3k but like they were heavily updrafted um and tsm was kind of pulling off like these miracle plays to get back in the game other than i mean i guess game three um it didn't really even close um they're consistently getting outdrafted their players don't really look like they have a sense of, of understanding mid-game macro all that well, more or less just that they're... I think they're trying to pull in on like the LPL aggression narrative that's been around um, the past few years with the LPL doing really well at Worlds, and I don't think that bodes well for long-term success. Well, I, Mark is frowning right now, just to, just to clarify for I'm looking, people. I'm looking something up real quick, just ignore uh, me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's weird to say they're pulling in a narrative. I think some people have said Sword Art seems to bring some of the the LPL uh, style to the TSM to roster, but I don't think people are saying like, I don't think there's an there's a, a sense that TSM is like, aha, well, LPL plays aggressive, so we're gonna steal that shit. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Mark, do you need more time? Should I throw the primal? For, yeah, for opening up. Primal, Primal, what do you what do you think of this take? Is TSM that far below C9 and and uh, TL and possibly on the level or below 100T? Uh, so I don't think they're below 100T. I think they are, for me, pretty clearly the third best team. But I, I do think it's pretty clear that they're below C9 and TL. I think there's a few reasons why. Like, so if we look at the TL-TSM series, um, I think they have clear issues playing against teams that can execute one three one really effectively, right? Like that series was all about the advantages that Alfari was getting and the pressure that he exerted on side lanes. And it feels like TSM, although I think they're really good at their style of sort of, you know, playing around POE, you know, late game, atomic bomb, win condition. Uh, I think they struggle a little bit more when PoE is banned off control mages and he's playing stuff like Lucian, or they're forced into a Seraphine team comp, uh, comp and then they're playing Gragas and they don't have a way to answer side lane pressure. So I think what TSM has is they have less flexibility than both C9 and TL. And I think part of that is because they just don't have, like C9 and TL are like, they're not just stacked, they're stacked in like a historical sense. Like these are two of the most stacked teams ever to play on North American soil. So I don't think it's like a slide against TSM to say, hey, look, C9 and TL have incredible players in like four to five out of uh, um, five out of four slash five out of five positions, depending on your opinions on some of the individuals, like, you know, if you think tactical, if, uh, for example. 
Um, and they're also like super flexible. Like we see Jensen, you know, playing stuff like Ari and Vagar, and he plays the control mages, and we know he can play assassins and push comes to shove. Perks can play fucking everything. Uh, we don't really have that level of flexibility from PoE, although he think he's just as good, if not better, than those two on on his subset of champions. So, I like I for me, it would be really hard, like just as a thought experiment, uh, to to see a scenario where TSM beats TL or C9 twice, or beats TL and then C9 or vice versa and wins MS and wins a, a midseason showdown rather. Um, but it's it's weird because it's not like they're a bad. They're definitely not a bad team. They're I think they're quite good. Um, but I really think C9 and CL have them in terms of flexibility and and player caliber pretty much across the board. So I think that's sort of the situation. But I don't know if like I don't think they're like significantly worse than for instance last last year's TSM. Yeah, I mean like this is a weird call for me for a couple like well for one major reason. I think like what you're saying is not that far off of what in terms of like an end result, what a lot of people would say. I think I'm also with Primal. I don't think 100 Thieves is as good as TSM. I'm going to be predicting TSM to beat 100 Thieves, and I don't think I'm, I'm going to rethink that over the course of the week. Uh, but like, you know, the caller is still, you know, I think a lot of people consider T9, C9 and TL in their own tier, and then it's it's these other two teams. So in that sense, the caller is kind of right, but I think a lot of the specific points he brought up, I, I, don't, I don't really agree with, um, you know, about like, oh, handing games away, and they're, they're not really that clean, and like, uh, all those kinds of things like yeah they got a lot of baron steals but like that's more about other teams being even less clean you know like if you're stealing baron against teams consistently doesn't that speak worse also of the teams you're playing against i'm not saying that that's necessarily a giant point in their favor but when you're talking about like the rest of the league uh you know they're 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 better than the other teams <laughs> um you know they're the third best team in a 10 team league i think uh when we start talking about international sure you can start you know bringing bringing these kind of nitpicks out or I guess not really nitpicks, but like legitimate problems. But for right now in North America at this point, you know, they're probably going to beat 100 Thieves this weekend. They're going to have another shot at TSM and C9. And we've seen before that things can change over the course of, of a postseason run. So like, I don't know, maybe maybe they keep trying to, trying new things. Like the they didn't try Nocturne against TL. Maybe they have another pick that they're going to be able to bust out against TL that's going to throw Alfari for a loop once or, or something like that. Like, uh, you know, I, I think the other two teams, to Kaizen's point, are historically, you know, some of the most talented uh, uh, assembling of, of rosters that we've had. But I think, I, I don't know, what, I, I don't know, something about the way that you made a lot of those points just didn't really ring true to me either. Like, the they're taking the LPL style, and I'm like, nah. I, I don't think PoE is anything close to an LPL style mid laner for a lot of them. Like, they love Zoe, they love playmaking, they love roaming. PoE is pretty inactive in the early game. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I don't I don't know about that. Yeah. But, I don't know if it was so much ahead. about the players individually with the LPL style, but, like, their mid-games aren't very clean. They're very scrappy, very, like, forced fights around non-objective for no real reason. Like, whether it's just, I don't know, whether it's over the Wraiths or a Scuttle Crab when Speak has already got 15 DS jungle. Um, back to one of the earlier points. Um... I probably worded it wrong, but um, it wasn't that teams are flippy against um, TSM and like they're TSM are like handing them games. It was the other way around that teams are handing uh, games to TSM for TSM to like. I can think of like both the TL games. They should both those games should have been in the bag in the regular 
for TL and either they threw or it was some random miracle play. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons I predicted TL over DSM a week ago. Um, yeah. But I don't think that's necessarily like... They, they still beat... A, <laughs> Primal's making a face. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at the the last few teams they faced in regular season. Um, you know, out of their last five games, they went 4-5 and they lost to EG, um, which, I, again, I think is a stylistic issue. But I think you could... Like, I think... Um, sorry, what's the caller's name? I don't want to call you caller. What's your name? Silk. Silk. I think to Silk's point, like, yeah, I think TSM was pretty inconsistent early at to mid part of the season. I do think they got kind of handed some wins on, on account of teams playing poorly. But toward the end of the split, I think this team, like, really got online. I think they were actually super clean. They shored up their early game hugely. Um, and versus, like, a lot of, like, you know, pretty solid teams, I think they closed out games pretty much flawlessly, like, without making any mid to late game mistakes, which I think has been their hallmark. I think the issue is, again, when they're versus teams where they even have a stylistic mismatch, and again, like, you could, you know, people could flame me over the whole EG prediction, but, like, this team did not look good versus EG. That was not a confidence-instilling game. Or when they're versus a team that's, like, play stylistically similarly to EG, but it's just better, like TL, I think they look completely outclassed. Um, and I think a lot of it is because, like, if you do certain things, like, you get POE off of the control mages, and you just have like a, a favorable top matchup, and Huni is like losing lane pretty hard to Alfari and Impact, and I don't think it'll happen versus Fudge to be to, to be fair. Um, it's hard for me to say I, I view TSM as a team that can win the split. Now, granted, last year they made a whole lower bracket run, but that was a different TSM and a much different league, right? Like we did not have teams have stacked as C9 and TL in the league at that point in time. And TSM had the best mid to ever play in North America and the best Eddie Carey to ever play in North America. So I think things are pretty different now. So anyway, look, TSM's good. Um, I think they're a little bit one-dimensional, unfortunately. And I think they're playing against multi-dimensional teams who, who, they, who TSM does not have a talent advantage over. So uh, I don't, I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm where Mark is in terms of, I think some of the reasoning for your conclusion, Silk, is a, is a little shaky. But I think in terms of the conclusion, yeah, I do think TL and C9 are clearly better than TSM right now. It's, it's TSM, or sorry, C9, TL, multidimensional. So if you've seen the Spider-Verse, they have players that have come from other dimensions, other universes into the LCS. It's very... Exciting. Mark, how well, about you, though? If you knew anything about mathematics, you understand that dimension is not another universe. It's just, you know, it's just a mathematical thing. You just attach another thing. So you can be yeah, in the same universe. A, you just attach dimension. another thing? That's how yeah, dimensions dude. work? You just attach yeah. another thing? Yeah, it's like an X, and there's a Y, you just add a Z, and you're still in the same universe, bro. I got you, Mark. I, yeah, it's Physics, actually, ma mathematically, it's, it's literally just tacking on another thing at the end and, you know, changing how you do cross dot products and stuff like well, that. Well, how about time? Time is literally, that's what they do. Is they just treat it literally like another dimension. I know. That's why That's why I mentioned it. Regardless. No, you didn't. Mark. <laughs> no, I, say, I mentioned time because it, I know it's another dimension. People say it's the, the what, the fifth dimension? Whatever. Mark, question for you. Do, you. do you arrive at the same place Primal does and the caller does? I know you said you kind of agree with the take, but do you think there is a significant gap between TL and C9 right now? I ask because it's going to be really relevant over the next uh, two weeks. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I, I said that I think TL and C9 are a tier of their own, and unless we see dramatic improvements at a TSM or a dramatic drop from the other two, uh, I, don't, I think that they'll be uh, watching the finals from home. 
Yeah. Well, I guess they'll travel there and then lose the third, fourth place match and then watch the finals. No, wait, um, it's, it's here. No, no, it, it's, it's, in, it's in LA, and I yeah. don't think that they would go to the theater if they <laughs> they lost. So and who knows where they're watching from? Whatever. They they're not watching because they're salty. They don't want to see it. Maybe. Uh, Silk, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Uh, just uh, Alienware and Game Fuel. Hey, thanks Sponsor. so much. I really appreciate it. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Silk. All right. Off we go. That was, that was spicy. Right? I, Rather brave take from him. I hope he has a, a good plastic surgery and then, uh, fake passports, but really spicy <laughs> to, take. To, to avoid the, the crazed <laughs> TSM fans. Uh, okay, the remote player. Thank you for three months. Ripapa Franku, Smoke Dog with the 23 months. Dr. Noli, six months. Uh, Hilwai, Hilwai, I don't know how to say it. Cesis Caroline. Dr. Manhattan at 41. Omega Diamond Zinc. Ender 3327. Raging Pianist. Purple Ray Q. Uh, and then Clock Cruncher, who subbed and then immediately gifted 25 subs in the chat. Damn. Insane! You helped get us back over a thousand. We already start, uh, the show. The show is a constant battle every week of keeping me above a thousand subs, and you, you did it. So I appreciate it. Arrowhydrus, uh, thank you for the year and a half. Very nice, generous uh, folks. Mark is grabbing our next caller, and they are here actually. Cub, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Scotland. I love just outside of Glasgow. Fantastic! I can't wait to hear your rendition of Wellerman. Is that still cool? <laughs> Oh boy. I see you've been playing Magic the Gathering Arena for four <laughs> minutes. Are we are we interrupting your game? <clears throat> no, no, not not at all. Okay. Well what do you want to talk about on the show? <clears throat> well, I just my, my take is basically that, that TL will win three zero against C nine. Oh so god. Far, well, I mean so far this split they have beat them twice, they're two zero up and you know, I can go into more as to why I think that, if you want. Yes, yes, please. Yes, do it. Well, I just feel like they will have top gap and bottom gap. I think their lanes are just stronger and more consistently reliable. Also, in the two matchups before, um, I was just double-checking. Alfari had quite a good matchup. So in the first game, he was Rennington versus Gragas, so he's got the more aggressive matchup, and then he was playing uh, Nar into Gangplank, so again, giving more wiggle room to uh, exploit that advantage. I don't think that Cloud9 will be able to utilise their win condition, which is like perks in the jungle. I just feel that Jensen's played quite well and got a big champion pool, and you know he won't int, and he'll still be impactful, so I just feel like Cloud9 are more reliable to be good, and also I feel Cloud9 are quite tilt prone maybe like with Sven and I do feel like Perps is quite capable of tilting perhaps he will get frustrated that in these big matches his teammates are making mistakes where perhaps his previous team didn't do that so I can imagine him being quite tilted if it doesn't go their way whereas in the other team you've got Jensen Alfari um, of course Core JJ there's good leadership qualities so I think it's going to be 3-0 they'll pick up the first win continue the momentum 3-0 and then there'll be 5-0 against C9 this uh, this year and those two teams are the best NA teams so TL will be no doubt the best team 
go into mid-season showdown and perhaps the best any team ever going to international. Do they 3-0 C9 again in the finals? Um, well, I think TSM will beat 100 Thieves and then I do think C9 will beat TSM, but who knows, maybe TSM will show up good and C9 won't show up, anything can happen on the day. But yeah, I do think TL will win again. So then TL I, I gotta, would be I gotta say, 8 I, I actually. They wouldn't I mean, looks like it, perhaps, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they did lose. It was a three game, it was a five game series in, in lock in. Um, so they did <clears throat> go 3 2 there. Uh, I just got to say, I have no idea if any point that the caller made was actually good or not. I was just too busy <laughs> thinking, like, man, this accent is so fucking great. Uh, I just want to hear. I just, I'd love to hear. He could have been like, Alf, uh, you know, saying Alfari's the worst top laner in the league, and just the way he says it, I'd be like, you know, maybe he's kind of right. But uh, <laughs> dude, this guy, I just want to uh, go on double his close stream, flame TSM, but in that accent, he'd be good, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's true. got uh, simped uh, by the whole chat. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, the the fact that the longer I speak in sentences, that the, the longer sentences I speak too fast online, so I do try and slow it down and pronounce the, you know my T's and things like that. <laughs> but yeah, the, the more I speak, the harder it is. <laughs> the harder it is to you know understand. I guess I'm from no, no, Glasgow as well, so I've got that Glaswegian accent. Whereas like Edinburgh or Capital, they, they speak quite posh. Whereas I've got as they call it a Glaswegian accent. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who, when they start getting excited, the accent comes on thicker, and a bunch of us dumbass Americans are yeah, like, what? Speak Like, I've been listening to the show for quite a long time, and like all of Travis's interviews, and like this is the first time I've called through, I've actually given a take once or twice, but then had to like go to bed just because I'm so tired. But I got my take in quite early tonight and just hung about and played some Magic the Gathering, so... Yeah, good. I uh, really appreciate it. It's uh, I know it's four a.m. there right now, so that's very nice of you too. Uh, absolutely. I'm going to bed straight after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, right, let's, well, okay. Let, let's not keep you up too much longer. Talk about your accent and everything. Let's actually talk about your take. Um, so I think there has been I, a lot of talk think, about. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So sorry, I was just going to say about the take. Then I think it's more capable, or like more. There's more of a chance of them winning three zero this game, this series, rather than the final, because, you know, C9 could make some improvements, some adjustments, and then maybe it'll be 3-1, three, 3-2, three, so I think it'll be 8-0. It's not guaranteed that it'll be 11-0, you know, by the end of it, but I think they'll go 8-0, and then maybe C9 will make some improvements and things, but we'll, we'll see by then. They have to get past okay. the mighty TSM first, or 100 feet, of course. Yeah, I think for me... <laughs> I just don't think C9 is ever going to get 3 0'd by TL. Um, you know, they already, when they played the best of five at the lock in tournament, it was still a five game series, and that was with Alfari dumpstering Fudge for basically five straight games. I think there might have been one where uh, Fudge was given counter pick and did, did okay. But, um, and that was also during a period of time where, in my opinion, uh, C9 did not work that great as a team quite yet. Like, I think their bot lane and their jungler were actually still playing quite well. Um, but Perks was a little bit on an island. Not like he was playing terribly, but like he didn't coordinate as well with the rest of C9 as I think he has been doing uh, later on in the split. And given the fact that I don't feel like TL has become... Ex like I think we all know that they took a dip in the middle of the season. Um, other teams also have been improving. So like I don't think it's, it's a stretch to say that TL is in similar form or maybe a little better, maybe a little worse compared to lock-in tournaments. So like... 
if it was already that close during locking tournament, and I think C9 has gotten better, I don't know. Even if you still think TL is going to win, which I think is a totally fine prediction, I just can't imagine it being a 3-0 where, where C9 is just mm. lost and lose three games in a row and never once, you know, on side selection, on changing up their pick ban, uh, playing an early game better, pick up a win. I, I just can't see that not happening, uh, even if you think TL is the favorite and, and is going to win. I just want to say to all the people that are watching this clip right now on Twitter after the 3-0, uh, if you don't follow me right now, please follow me. I really appreciate it. And uh, give this a like and a retweet so that more people could see Mark's uh, very certain uh, assumption that there's no way there's going to be a 3-0. If it's a 3-0, I'll cut my hair. <clears throat> well, you don't I'm really. Doing, I'm doing so, it anyways. Yeah, yeah. you don't really. That's not, anyway. Mark, if it's a 3-0... We got the Scottish guy on the desk as a <laughs> analyst. I'll quit my job and he can have it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you could just take I, it, dude. I'll be there. Mark, uh, what what would your opinion be though if I was to ask, um, like about the personalities? Because if they do lose against TL, they know that they're still in the playoffs, and you know I feel like Fudge isn't a veteran. I think he comes across as maybe quite quiet and timid and. If they're losing, he's not going to be a loud voice. Perks and Sven are quite easily tiltable. Vulcan is quite a quiet person. Maybe loud in game, who knows? But I think if they're 1-0 down and they got stomped, it's 2-0 down, they're not going to be like trying 100% and like, go on guys, we can do this. Whereas I feel like TL do have those personalities to like keep it up. So I just feel like TL will win the first game and momentum will be on their side and... C9 will just kind of wilter away. I feel like they are quite tilt prone, and you know they're already zero two down to I feel Wait a second. I don't think this team is tilt prone. Uh, one, Perks has an incredible track record of being a clutch player. Actually, the opposite of being tilt tilt prone. On top of the fact that we've already seen this collection of five guys against hundred thieves in lock and tournament get bodied for two games. I think they got dove three for zero or some shit in the third game and then turned that one around. You know, like, I don't think this is a collection of guys with all their experience that's going to tilt. Um, I think they can int some games. You know, like, I think they're, they're a lot of aggressive players, and when things go bad for a single game, they look real bad. But I don't think that's the same thing as not being able to mentally reset, as not being able to uh, adapt later on in the series. Um, so I, I, I don't agree on the tilt uh, point. Well, yeah, I was going to say Cub. Yeah. Um, there is mm -hmm. on your continent a tournament called, or a league called the LEC, and there's a team there called G2, and Perks played on it. And uh, they, they, it seemed like they like actually, you know, being stuck in these like situations where they have to come back. And I feel like Perks was part of that, to, to Mark's point. So I, I don't know if you're aware of that G2 team, but they're, they're big on that stuff. Yeah, that was perks on G2, though. This is perks on C9, surrounded <laughs> by different teammates and more flaws. And I think he would be more driven to keep going for the win in difficult situations with G2 and stuff. I just feel like the players around him, as well as perhaps the the server he's in with more mistakes and not as good scrims and solo queue, he's just more frustrated as a whole already getting into it. You know yourself, if you've if you're got like two bad solo queue games and then like your bot lane dies, isn't zero two, you're already feel like you're down. So I just feel like he's going to be already more capable of being tilted. I do think Perk as a player is known to be not a tilter, but that's on G2. This is a different ball game now. They have the coaches of the split. All right. Yeah. Like they're gonna be able to they're gonna be able to turn it around just like grabs. Yeah. Um I do like appreciate that. That's funny. 
So, uh, so, Primal, go for it. Yeah, that, that's just my opinion about what take. Maybe, maybe I'm looking at it too much. Sorry. No, no, it's good. Primal, why don't no, you no, no. Hey, I, I really appreciate you making a bold call. I think that's that makes this way more fun for everyone. Um, I think you just need to drop the perks is going to tilt point. I think that's like by far your weakest point here um, because perks is like the definition of clutch, right? Like even when this guy says himself he's tilted, right? Wasn't he was playing Tristana and I think he bought the wrong item and he was like, I was tilted the whole game. That was a game where he got literally player of the game, right? <laughs> so even when the man says he's tilted, he's, he's getting player of the game. Like it, it's just not going to happen. Um, that said, like, Look, I'm not going to say it's impossible for TL to 3-0 C9. I think it's pretty unlikely. I mean, even if we look at the games that they played over the course of the spring split, uh, if, you'll, if you'll recall um, the last game they played where it was like a really close game. Um, actually, in fact, I think TL was behind. And then Alfari made two in insane sideline plays, solo killing Perks, who was on his ear. Then he solo killed Fudge, who was on GP, and he he completely like clinched the game himself. Like you're, I don't think you get that three times in a row, and I do think you get scenarios where Blabber has like a huge pop off game, for example. Um, so I think like a three is not impossible, um, particularly if T C nine uh, is like just has a bad day and TL's having an insane day, because I do think TL has more talent just pound for pound on their team, but. Like, we've even seen games from lock-in and this split where TL looked pretty shaky versus C9, and it was a game that was balanced on a, on a, on a, on a razor-thin margin. Um, also, on the, like, uh, you talked about a little bit about side lane advantage. I agree there's a side lane advantage, but we, I think we should remember, like, Fudge is no slouch, right? It's not like he's guaranteed going to lose versus Elfari every single laning phase. I'm pretty sure that he had a good game on Aurelia, where he just straight up carried his team during the lock-in. Like, he's going to maybe have a pop-off performance over the course of five games. Um, Sven and Vulcan, even though I think core and tactical, you probably bet on them overall. Like, Sven has definitely been better than tactical, and I think Vulcan's been better than core DJ overall, even though core won. Um, you know, all, all pro first team. And you can make the argument that, okay, well... Um, core is better and he's he's usually better but the point is like over a five game series there's enough variance and these guys are close enough in skill that you should expect games to be really close and then one team just has like a better moment and that literally decides the game so i don't think it's uh three is impossible like we've seen that you know with teams this good like you could just have a incomplete like read hard read on uh on draft and you know just have a player pop off particularly hard that day, but I think it's unlikely. Hey, Cub, yeah. thank, you, thank you so much just for the call. Just to oh, clarify, no, uh, I was going to say, I don't think Pers is like a pure tilter or anything. Uh, I think Sven is more uh, easily tiltable and things like that, but yeah, thanks for having me on. As I said, long-time listener, first-time caller. Shout-out to uh, Alienware and GameFuel. Not a lot of people would even know they exist if it wasn't for Travis Gafford. Uh, shout out to my League of Legends team, Global Spartans. That's all I've got to say. Cub, Cubs, uh, Cub, I'm going to try something. I, I've been told that this might work, although I know you're in Scotland, so I'm a little worried. But we'll make it happen if for some reason we can't make it work. But I'm awarding you with Victory Caller, Gamefield Victory Caller. So theoretically, we should be able to figure out a way to get you a case of Gamefield. You're up at 4 a.m., uh, so clearly you need some Mountain Dew game feel to keep you going. And so, uh, if you want to, if you want to message me on discord, your, 
um, just message me something. I'll, I'll hook you up with an email to contact. And then this will be the grand experiment because I've I've been told that this should work, but we haven't tried to get game filled to somebody outside the U.S. yet. So uh, c- congratulations and thanks for staying up so late. I appreciate it. That's amazing. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks. Have a good one. And be sure to message me. Catch you. Thanks for the Thank take you. on Bye. the accent, bro. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Cheers, Primo. Cheers, Mark. Bye. See ya. Cool. Um, okay, we'll do another call before we get to the uh, the game field ad. Okay, this this will be fun. I'm very excited to see if uh, if this works. Uh, shout out to uh, Love and Flow, Aerohydris, uh, Manly Muppet, uh, Clock Cruncher, back with another two gifted subs to bring their total up to fifty, and Vrondi thirteen. Got a couple more people uh, that I'll shout out in a second. But first, we've got Blue Jay here. Have we had anyone from? The U.S. call tonight so far, Mark. Import callers only. Import callers only. Import callers for an import league. Blue Jay, tell everybody where you're calling from. You, uh, calling from Ontario, Canada. Oh Ontario, my God, Canada. Well, we, I, Blue Jay is a frequent caller of the show, Primal. So we, I already knew. That's why I brought oh, this no, up. No, no, ca- Canada's NA. That's that counts. It's, it's <laughs> true. Not an import, but also uh, very funny. Either way, uh, Blue Jay, uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, yeah, so I just want to say that, first of all, I made this take before, Travis, before you suggested it, but the take is that we need to talk about how the LCS and LEC schedules overlap during playoffs. Um, it's no secret that fans of one league also enjoy uh, watching the other, and even a TSM series had small viewership because people were so invested in G2 Schalke. Something needs to change, and I don't want to have to choose between one or the other, to be quite honest. I really want to watch both. Um, hello, <laughs> Travis. This is your this is your topic. I'm going to be completely wanna... honest. Cub messaged me and was like, "Hey, let me know about the email thing." And so then I sent him the info. So I missed the second half of what you said. Oh my god! Very unprofessional, yeah, oh Blue Jay. God, I apologize. Damn it, Travis. <laughs> We're going to leave this in the show and in the podcast just so that I feel punished um, and embarrassed. You're punishing the listeners because you fucked up. What did Pete, you get of it, Travis? What Pete, part? Like, what did you get? Uh, just go, go ahead uh, and and start, Blue Jay. Go ahead. One okay, so the LCS and LEC schedules overlapping during playoffs. Oh yes, bad. okay. And then you uh, think it's shitty that you have to choose one or the other. Yes, you got it. Okay. See, I did get it. Um, I this is an interesting version of this because i had actually not really thought about it in turn like i'd seen some people saying like oh they should delay the start of lcs for the end of lac which i think they used to do didn't they do that primal mark yep. am i not crazy uh, they used yep. to yes. bring it back because they were please. on the same channel i think right that was perhaps yep. part of it yes yep and yeah, sometimes if to. it went too late they would have to start one on the other channel like for finals at live venues there were times where i think they couldn't delay it but sometimes they still did i remember at madison square garden watching that fanatic origin finals which had like close to a million viewers and went to game five and it was the hyphiest shit ever yeah. i remember watching that before um, i was gonna I, say i think in toronto we had to wait honestly as well like i think we had to wait for the european finals. Yeah, they it's, would delay it's frequent. It. yeah and and oftentimes not, it, it's also they have the playing as people are entering the arena too so it's it's common to see this stuff but uh regardless this is interesting i had not really thought about it from this perspective i think Okay, so for finals matches, I care more about this than for... Okay, 
sorry, five steps back. I am really curious how many people that are LCS viewers care about watching the LEC matches. Blue Jay, you literally host, you literally uh, host like a a fan podcast. Should it, is that rude to call it a fan podcast? You host a podcast. You're a media. You're a content creator in the LCS space. Um, Aw, shucks, man. And so Thanks. you you <laughs> at the fan level, and uh, and so I I think you are more prone to want to watch this. I actually think a lot of people that watch the show are probably more prone to want to watch both LEC and LCS. I actually would be surprised if the average LCS viewer really cares a ton about what, like, oh, I want to see game five of this hype match that's happening on the LEC broadcast. I do think there's a decent amount of LEC viewers who maybe stick around or come in through like a, a raid onto the LCS channel afterwards. But I'm, I would love to see data that I'm sure we'll never be able to see on the Venn diagram of, of people that would watch both. So I think that's the first thing is how many people actually are the same, feel the same way that you do? And if so, should Riot actually make decisions around it that way? Well, um, wouldn't you say that the viewership, like we saw what the viewership looks like, no? Like even even Meteos, Doublelift, and Sneaky are like in the middle of a TSM EG game. They're like, yo, are you guys watching Shalka versus G2 right now? Like, I think that says a lot as well. Yeah. I, I mean, the co-streaming thing is an interesting equation, too, because there's a lot of people that want to watch LS or Dom, but when they're co-viewing LEC, that's, that is potential audience that you just can't get because the, the people who, who really only want to watch the, the streams through those guys, are not, they're not able to do it. But I, I think there's enough, at least I feel like there's enough data out there at this point to say that there is a lot of interest in both leagues by both communities. Um, yep. I don't think, you know, I, I don't know the numbers. I wouldn't say majority offhand because I, I don't know. But it's not negligible. I, there's been enough times where one league's on while the other league's on and the one that has a more interesting match, um, and usually more LAC anyways, uh, is, is the one that, that has a lot of viewership. And then when that thing ends and it hosts, you know, it's not just the host. It's like people actually stick around and it goes from 40K to 100K or whatever it is nowadays um, and stays up there and, and the the co-streamers numbers go up and everything i mean uh, part of it though is like the lec sends over a raid of thirty-four thousand people or maybe it was like thirty-eight thousand. some some large like a very significant number of people who are potentially asleep in europe somewhere um i guess yeah. it's not that late but it's it's still like like go there's an argument here so here's the maybe maybe it doesn't even matter how many people are in the Venn diagram i could be convinced that the optics of it look so bad and you know that you can get that raid in from the LEC and you know that then like the live viewings turn into co-streams and all that stuff that like just fucking delay the LCS for the start of LEC or for the end of LEC. I, I think that's almost a more compelling case for me. Maybe I should just walk back my like, what does the Venn yeah. diagram look like? <laughs> so, I think, I think, sorry, go ahead, Bramble. Uh Yeah. I mean, I think, so I actually used to work on uh, international scheduling um during um a few years at riot i think there's a bunch of things to consider here i mean even before we talk about like just like back end and sponsorship and shared channels and all that at the end of the day like there is there's absolutely a non-trivial overlap between lec and lcs at least if it's what it was last time i saw it which was not that long ago um but you have to remember there's like a prime time for european viewership and there's a prime time for north american viewership 
And I would suspect that if you were to delay LCS anymore, or if you were to start LEC any earlier, you would be sacrificing that prime time window. And although I don't know how it nets out in terms of NA viewership of LEC or vice versa, but I'm pretty confident that you would compromise domestic viewership of their domestic league because it would just be a less convenient time. Like so, pe more people leave for the final match of the day than you don't have for the first match of the day if LEC is blocking it. Yeah, something like that. Or, or just to put it simply, like I imagine later in the day for NA, there's drop-off, right? So if you were to push back NA even later in today, you have more drop-off later in the day, right? So the, the problem is there is a prime time, like irrespective of just like LEC versus LCS. There's an optimal time of day to have LCS. There's an optimal time of uh, day to have LEC. And I imagine they're both trying to get as close to optimal for their domestic viewership while also being able to have cross-regional viewership. And if you were to move them apart even further, it would just compromise both. So there would be fans who, you know, have other obligations besides wanting to watch LCS and LEC, who it would now be harder to fit those. Uh, but you're, those you're probably, the only thing that I, I have ask around that is you're probably really only delaying by like an hour, right? At most. And so then you're pushing East Coast viewership ending at 9 to East Coast viewership ending at 10. That doesn't feel that extreme. That's kind of that the way is. I feel as well. But you could argue if there's like a pause as well, then you're really pushing just to play devil's advocate, you know? Yeah, it's like yeah, what if there's a fire alarm that goes off in Europe, right? And they have to escort a team out of the building and go to it like we saw. Yeah, I mean, with, maybe uh, you just have you a know? hard lot. Like we only delay up to an hour or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's Mark's what point I think should like, happen. There's like a buffer where we're willing to start the show like an hour later tops or or maybe only 45 minutes, whatever. I mean, to, to Primal's point, maybe there's you just look at it and you're like, well, this is when we know it starts to get bad. Yeah, like I, I think we're underrating um, how much this matters in regular season, right? When you're trying to build like week over week viewing habits and you're getting that drop off every single week. I do think the hour actually makes a significant difference. If you even look at like primetime scheduling in network television, right? Like there's a really tight window that they try to stay within. Um, and it's, it has stuff to do with like competing sporting events, people's work schedule. Like, this might matter a little bit less for um, LCS on Saturday, Sunday, but on Friday, like you have to start thinking about these kinds of things too. Um, so I, I do think like the actual primetime window has a bigger impact than maybe we're acknowledging here. I think it might not be as big of a deal for playoffs where people are more willing to prioritize watching League of Legends though. Right. I really that, like that point, actually. Yeah, I was about to say the exact same thing. Like, I, I, for me, as as a viewer, just speaking for myself as a fan of both regions, like, I don't give a fuck if LCS starts during LEC during the regular season because uh, I don't really feel like I'm missing out in that sense where it's like, well, it's like one game and it's not like a huge thing where the entire leagues are watching because this is, has huge playoff implications and like I don't want to be in the moment necessarily. I'll, I'll, I'll catch it later. I'll check the results later. When it's game five between Schalke and and G2, and it's like, oh my god, is upset going to happen? I want to fucking watch that game, but I yeah. also want to watch TSM game one because, well, like, one, it's my job, but two, like, I, I also just want to watch TSM play. Um, and I, I feel like that decision is a lot more painful in, in postseason than, than regular season. Well, you and could I, it's very funny, too, because it's like, what? how bad of an issue is this for playoffs if G2 just didn't exist? Because they're the ones that already seem to be pushing it to game five elimination <laughs> match. <laughs> you want to G2 series specifically start an hour earlier? Yeah, yeah. We just delay for the G2 ones because we know we solved it. it's going to go to game five. Yeah. 
Uh, what were you gonna say, Blue Jay? Um, I was just gonna say it also ruins like part of the story if you join a series midway through. Like, I, it kind of felt bad for me because what I did was I watched the G two Shalka series and then I had to like hurry up and fast forward through game two or watch it at two times speed to catch up to the series. And it's like I felt like I kind of missed out on part of the series. And so like I don't know the the series from game one to five kind of tells a little bit of a story, so to speak, as. Like, I don't know, there's a different feel depending on if you've missed out on what happened. Yeah, I mean, if know? it's a stomp versus if it's, like, a, a crazy match or, like... Whatever a, it may be, right? It could be thing, anything. Yeah. But it could, yeah, like, that's one of the best things. Of, that's why we watch is because we don't know what's going to happen, you know? It could be a bunch of different things. We, I, Mark, I assume we don't have another viewership take. Yeah, so if you had another angle you want to talk about... Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. One, Blue Jay, I really appreciate this, and I think it is... It is really good to talk about it this way. I think, you know, the only other thing that makes me concerned about this is like, I worry that these LA, because when I, I look, I screenshotted a while ago, uh, two weeks ago, I think it was like the, the viewership, the first time this was happening and I put it on Twitter and I got some people come out with these sort of like hand wavy, like, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's just LEC blocking this or whatever. I don't think this would look this bad three years ago. Um, and part of that I know is because co-streaming, co-viewing has changed the the concentration of it on that, that one channel and all that stuff. But like, I worry that probably a time for me to do a broader video on this, but I really do want to say I worry about LCS viewership. And I, I worry that these LEC games are kind of the canary in the coal mine where you're seeing such a hit that it's just rough. I do not recall the last time, and I tweeted this at the time, I do not recall the last time anybody in North America was like, whoa, look at the viewership on this match. Or wow, like this TLC9 series or this TSMTL series or whatever is just like, we've got so many viewers. And... uh and like I, I worry about this stuff, and I, and I hope that, like I've heard also some folks just say like, ah, well, you know, it's like we can't, we're not in the studio or whatever. Like as soon as everybody gets back in the studio, we're gonna see things get a lot better. And like, quite frankly, COVID for the past year has increased viewership on things like Twitch and other places. A lot of live stuff has done a lot better. LEC certainly seems to have flourished, and obviously there's a number of different reasons for that, but nobody's like, oh man, the LEC numbers look so bad. I guess they're in the studio. But even when they weren't, it did not feel like they were suffering a lot. So I uh, I don't know. We also haven't seen like a huge uptick since Dash got back in the studio. So maybe, maybe we just need two other people sitting next to him on the desk or three other people sitting next to him on the desk, and then suddenly we'll get a 25% boost in viewership. But I'm pretty worried about it. Yeah. Like, to be frank, right? I think the days of having like TSM C9 or like, I guess TSM CLG is a long time ago, uh, matches where you have like 600K viewers, we're not in that day, right? And I think the broader question is like, why not? Um, I feel like a lot of the time, frankly, when I see this brought up, we talk about like, oh, there's co-streaming and it's, it's distributed across. Like maybe there's just fewer people interested in LCS right now. And we should have a conversation about why and like, what can we do to make it better? Is yeah. it, you know, the, the teams 
aren't well-branded? Is it that the broadcast is boring to people? Is it that the analysts are boring to people? Is, is it that, that the, the teams get shit on internationally all the time? Yeah, is it <laughs> that the teams get shit on? Like, I think everything should be up for discussion. I, I do think it feels like a little bit of a sidestep to be like, oh, well, you know, they're fragmented across different platforms. I don't, I'm not saying that's not relevant, right? But ideally, we, we aren't even having discussions about like fragmented viewership or overlap between LCS and LEC. And we're just growing the whole fucking pie across the leagues, right? Like if there's overlap, great, but we should have a bigger audience for both LCS and LEC. And if that's not happening, I think, yeah, it's worth like an honest discussion about like, why is that not happening? Um, and I, hear from community, like, what do you want, like, what do you want to see? Um, or like for people who churned and no longer watch anymore, what do you want to see? Uh, yeah. I think it's okay to have that discussion. And if LCS viewership is down, it's down. Let's think, let's treat it as a problem and address it. Thank I God. Think. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say uh, a lot of like, the thing too, is it's not going to be one answer. I think a lot of times people have the answer that is their answer and they make that the answer uh you know like for us in twitch chat a bunch of people just tw said a bunch of things right like some people were saying too many imports some people were saying our team suck and like it's just bad play and like i miss the good personalities and the analysts suck now and and the broadcast sucks now but it's or like you know whatever it is uh everyone has their own reason the answer is going to be that it's a little bit of all of them uh but you need to do analysis to figure out which ones are the biggest contributors to that pie that you're talking about um and which ones are you actually able to have some control over like yeah we can't fucking get in the studio and if our numbers are down because people don't like watching the like they just think the remote broadcast is the worst product which you know in some senses i think you could actually argue it is it probably is hurting it but that's not something that you have control over it's something that you would hope would rebound it's also something that you can't do that much about and i think the other pieces of that pie can't be waved away because you like using oh we're remote right now or whatever like oh, our teams aren't as good so the the broadcast product's perfect you know like all these things are things that i think should should get their fair look at um, i yeah. really enjoyed and sorry just to say i think this whole like well lec viewership is higher thing i think it's just kind of dumb like uh, like i i don't want to be talking about like 600k here versus like 200k there or whatever like i want to be talking about like there's millions of people watching both right like how do we like 2x to 10x this thing not like how does lcs overcome lec that's like like that's playing like small games. really i'm like yeah, how I do we it's... steal their viewers how do we get those 600,000 over here I, us? I don't yeah, yeah that's I, I think, think it is kill the lec yeah. yeah mark at it mark at it <laughs> i think the look the reason why i think it's interesting to talk about lec viewership is only because it is a comparable metric uh in some sense right like if we if lec was going down and lcs was going down then you're like okay maybe there's like a broader thing that's happening across western league of legends people are carrying playing the game less they're playing fortnite they're playing i don't know whatever but like uh i think you can look at them and say okay this is a a, a product that we used to make fun of their viewership we used to make fun of virtually everything about them other than their <laughs> results and now they just come into our Twitch chat and just spam NA all day burgers I eat, Keck W, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And Wait, like, we, that ha always <laughs> we have no, it's always happened, but we have the, it is, it is depressing because you, you'd see nothing else now. There's no report. I missed, I missed the glory days of this show when Kelby was on and we made fun of EU. And yes. now I just, I can't do it. It's, yes. it's three years, it's three years later and I'm, 
It's I can't I can't do it. We used to show them all the time. The last bastion is the best EU players come over here because it's just a better life, bro. I mean, yeah, that's the only thing we could do. That's, but then that's literally that's all that's we what have. we're clinging to yeah, is yeah. we're like floating in the. Oh, one oh thing yeah. Else... Well, uh, perks is over here, so leave us alone, shocks. You know um, what? I bet it's better to quarantine in LA than Berlin. Just saying. true, true. All right, that's we, all much, I got. Much better uh, Grubhub options. Yeah, um, I bet uh, they're they're also still all exactly as bad as LA and and. Uh, USA was. Anyways, one thing I want to say too is viewership in general for things does go up and down. Like there is a, a somewhat natural ebb and flow of viewerships that that can happen. Um, just with like how good is is the the game to watch because you have good teams and stuff like that. Like uh, G two definitely brought a golden era in some sense to um, uh, that that ecosystem just because it was such a fun team to watch. All the personalities were so great. They were competitive on an international level. Um, I hope that they're able to still do that um, even without perks because it's so good for their scene when you have a team like that. And I don't think North America has quite had um, a team that that has been able to do that. I mean, talk about turnover, you talk about all these other different things. But you can see in other ecosystems like Smash Bros, for example, is a scene that I, I kind of followed closely. And like, it almost died for a little bit. Then it came surging back with like the five gods and like the dock and all the other things that like kind of went on. And like, who knows what the ex extended life cycle of, of the entire league in North America specifically since I'm talking about that, like viewership experience will be and the numbers and stuff. But I think you still also need to do your best to maximize it at every, you know, and, peak and valley along the way. And that we've gone on happen. for quite some time. So I'll just, I'll just wrap it up with a couple things here. One, agree with Mark. Sometimes things like Smash surge back. Sometimes things like StarCraft 2, which Primal and I both got our, our eSports starts in, just fall off a cliff and become a situation where Tasteless and Artosis have a Patreon going because they're not even, they can't even get their their English casting paid for, which is really depressing. Everybody go support their Patreon, by the way. But, so I just like, my big question is, are we at a point now where like, the LCS team, the folks over running the LCS, identify that like we are in a pretty bad viewership drop and are looking to do stuff. Uh, to that point, I would make a suggestion. I think they should hire somebody onto the League Ops team who thinks about this stuff a lot. Uh, clearly, Primal does. And so I actually think Primal should, as Be much as I don't want to broadcast... broadcast. They should hire him to be on the League Ops team. Finally got him off the broadcast. This guy seems like a talented League Ops dude. They should put him over there. Have you Travis ever considered... has promoted you. Have that's, you ever considered that's... working on League Ops for Riot Games, uh, Primal? I don't know. That sounds interesting. Maybe I'll think about it. You should consider it. Yeah. Uh, and then the no, final... It, it, so, so in all honesty, I, I do think this is like a, a really important conversation to have. Travis, and I think it's one of those conversations where, like, you're never going to see Riot go out in the public and be like, yeah, our viewership is down. What do you guys want to see us do? Right? It just doesn't make any sense from a business perspective. I would love to see so, a leaked survey on Reddit. You know how they do that? People leak those oh, surveys wow. all the time where it's like, Riot tr surveying around creating new tr skins or something. Like, I hope they are surveying people around, why did you stop fucking watching LCS? What can we do to get you back? Do you like Ugu Ko oh, oh, Kawaii Desu um, League Champs, or do you like Tom Kench? <laughs> Maybe what they should oh, do man, is they no should tease <laughs> that this is the series finale of the LCS and then reveal that it's actually coming back next year. Um, and it's a big, it's a big surprise.
It's an anime reference. Uh, I don't know if you guys watch Attack on Titan. All right, we got to see more people. Let's get out of here. Uh, by the way, I realized I forgot at the start of the show, because we're talking about Riot League Ops, I realized I forgot at the top of the show to, to say that it's been seven weeks since uh, Riot hasn't given me a response to the import thing, because we're supposed to do that countdown every week, and I forgot. I'm going Blue to get Jay, the next caller. What do you, we have to get rid of Blue Jay first. Um, you better hurry up then. Blue oh, Jay, yeah. what, guy's still here. What do you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Yeah, quick shout out. So one, Game Fuel, you know, and two, nice. uh, just whoever came up with the idea for, whoever came, <laughs> dude, whoever came up with the idea for like the pregame drafts and like the, the pregame or whatever, I actually think that's really cool. And I think it's one way that you could actually engage the fans if you let them use their channel points to predict who wins the draft. I don't know if that's something you guys can do for summer, but I think it's great. And that's all. Goodbye. Thanks, cool. Blue Jay. Thank you, Blue Jay. All right. Our next caller is here, and then we'll have to take a break afterwards. But Tom Shu, noted caller, the first American to call into the Hotline League episode one, I think it's 167. Uh, no, 166. Uh, what do you want to talk about, Tom Shu? Or first off, where are you calling from in America? Damn, he thought it was, he thought it was Kelsey, but it was me, Tom Shu. But the, anyway, uh, calling from D.C. Okay. Oh, no. Do you have the the Amateur Academy thing? Our viewership. I do. See, this is... But we were just talking about viewership falling off a cliff. This call is going to make my viewership fall off a cliff. Sorry, go ahead. Nothing's better for the ecosystem, Travis, than putting down the the, the developmental scene. Hey, I, I think it's great yeah, that they're moves. doing this. I just don't think people care about it, unfortunately. And I don't think they need to care about it until these players get to LCS. Go ahead, yeah, Tom. No, why okay, try, okay, why okay, try and convince okay, them okay. otherwise, a... Travis? Tom okay, I, have, I already have a good point about this. So let me just go and get to my What's take. What's your take? Like, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but... There's an, a, a tournament going on tomorrow that's about to, to showcase some of the best talent that LCS has to offer. And, of course, I'm talking about European Masters. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but my point is, like, have you ever... Like, has anyone even actually given the fucking thought to, like, the Proving Grounds tournament that's actually going on tomorrow like all i've seen literally out of riot is like the lol esports article and then that's pretty much it like i've seen uh in lac they had like a whole desk segment excuse me a whole desk segment about eu masters and you know trying to hype people over the oh these are going to be the next eu talents coming into lcs you should go ahead and get excited and i think pretty much all we've got right now is yeah, that article and anything else that has come out has been, you know, pretty much community generated. Like much appreciated to like the guys like him and all the other people in the uh, in the amateur scene, you know, putting out their content to try and get people excited about this stuff. But it's like if LCS, if like if LCS is not even going to put their, you know, their considerable brand power to, you know, make people care about these players then what's the point? Like you could at least spare like the modicum of effort like Maybe just a little a little tournament overview or a small interview or a touch of analyst a touch of analyst discussion. Maybe just a, a crumb of attention would be amazing just to get this uh just to get the get the ball rolling. Okay, you're done now. So LEC a little bit. is got viewership to spare. All right. We're just talking about how we need LCS to ha to get more viewers. Talking about doing like a preview of uh and i always want to call it proving grounds but i know people it's proving grounds but i i think there are places in the world where people call it proving proving grounds um is not going to if that's when like i'm guessing we're going to start seeing some like 
We don't have them yet, but resident sleep. We're gonna get some resident sleeper ch- emails in the chat in a little bit. The LEC, Jab- and, and you also mentioned LCS has considerable brand power. I don't, I don't know if it's that considerable anymore. Anyway, I, I will say this, which is LEC. There are reasons to watch EU Masters um, that I think will always give EU Masters good viewership, which is it is actually geolocated. There is a great history of sports leagues that are based out of different countries competing with each other. Like I think there is an, and they, these things are in local languages. There's a lot of reasons why EU masters will always find success. I don't Travis. What? Travis, this is, this is all sounding like an excuse not to try. No, like, we no, have no, been no, fucking trying saying, for years. That, people no, do no, not no, care no, about no, Academy no, and very, amateur. No, Tom Shu have not tried. For, I, I doubt I can't, I've never seen LCS try that hard to get people to care well and about we used to play we built academy games into the lcs broadcast wait no you you lcs what you put like a what you see that little square that goes in in the waiting room when everyone's tuned out or or watching ads no No, i'm saying they used to run games on on monday beforehand before as a part and of the friday. podcast yeah and on friday maybe it's friday instead of monday either way to, to that's that's neither here or there for me because at least to thomas point this is a new thing this is an amateur integration with an academy uh, system i actually this is a really cool product that they're at least trying and to tom's point they have not tried with this uh you know in, in some sense you know like i don't know if, if there's been enough attention trying to push like hey this is a cool thing that's happening for the first time, check it out, kind of deal. Um, and I think, you know, the, the EU Masters comparison that they're they're geolocated, great. They'll have more viewership all the time. I don't think that that relates to the the, the point that Tom's making, which is around this specific new uh, incident or uh, tournament that, that that they're trying out. Here, here's why I am so passionate about this stuff, okay, which is that I worry. So, you're, to your point, right? Mark, it is it is different. Now there are presumably some even worse teams that are in it because we're not just including Academy, we're also including Amateur. Um, but like there's been in the past, you know, it was like Academy World Finals and or what was it? It was Academy Worlds or whatever was the big meme. The reason I am passionate about this stuff is I do really believe in the importance of Amateur and Academy and the ability to have systems that develop talent. What I worry is when the team owners and Riot and a lot of people think that the success of these things needs to be born out of viewership. When they start optimizing these things as if they are a product that should be able to get like a ton of sponsors attached to it or a ton of viewers or whatever, that is when I worry that that is like, these things will always be seen as a success or or sorry, a failure, or we will optimize around the wrong uh, metrics and the wrong goals when in reality, these things should exist exclusively to develop talent. It's like, I, again, I'm not like a huge baseball fan, but like the goal of these uh, minor league teams, the, the farm league teams, is to feed talent into MLB. Yeah, you get these little audiences and it's kind of fun that if you live in like one of these smaller towns, you can go out and watch them like baseball or whatever and sit in the stands. But it is never like, oh, and then we're going to sell this minor league games as like a product and like, you know, it's going to be bought by like network television and we're going to make a ton of money off of it. So I just think it's really important that like we, we set our expectations that these are not products that like we're going to get a lot of viewership around and we shouldn't spend a ton of time and resources promoting them. 
I uh, comment, Travis. Uh, go ahead. Who, me? Can I go? No, I was saying Primal. Okay, yeah, Primal, go to whatever. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know how many people here watch other sports, but, like, of people who watch other sports, how many of you watch, like, the D-League or, like, the minor leagues of these sports? Like, the very hardcore people do, but that's not the purpose of these development leagues. The purpose of these development leagues is to find talent and get talent to top teams. Uh, viewership is a nice side benefit. So, in my opinion, like, we can absolutely have a discussion about whether Riot should be doing more to build robust talent infrastructure and actually get these guys placed if they have good placements in a tournament. This, that's a very complex problem that is about much more than just the proving ground. But I personally, like, look, there's an audience with a limited attention span, right? Like, they have LCS going on. Some of them also watch LEC. They have other shit in their life going on. I don't think this is the area to push and be like, hey, you should also take time out of your week to watch this. I just don't think it's that important um, for, uh, for, um, for the goals that the league should have. So I we just offered we just added even more L LCS games too. Like we're asking yeah. them to already watch more LCS this year. And so it feels weird to me to also stack this on top. Mark, go ahead. So I would say I agree it's, uh, to make sure we're not talking past each other. I agree that you shouldn't necessarily treat these things as viewership first. I don't think that you should necessarily to your point be trying to find sponsors and package it into a, a different product. Shout out to Verizon by the way who's sponsoring it. What's that? This is shout out to Verizon, by the way, who just got announced as the sponsor of the event. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> I meant, I mean, if you can find sponsors, great. I'm not saying I use T-Mobile, bro. I use T-Mobile, you know. I don't care if you do sponsor it or you don't sponsor it. I think to your point, though, Travis, about like trying to hard drive things to it, that's different than shouting out that it's happening and trying to like have a like one thing the, the week that it's going live versus like this end over end over end thing where you're trying to develop a full-blown product of like academy blitz and like all these things to drive viewership like that is very much a viewership driven decision to do academy blitz um you know so like i i think both these things can be true that it doesn't need to be viewership first it doesn't need to be this thing that you're trying to make a full-blown product that is self-sustaining ecosystem thing when its primary goal should be talent development but i also think when you're having the big showcase you know like scouting like the, the fucking combine is a huge 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 money-making thing the draft is a huge money-making thing these times where you know you're watching uh the next generation potentially fans do get excited about that and i think if you want to if this is going to be our version of like the big, the biggest academy event of the year, the biggest development of the year, I think it's fine to try and drive a little bit of eyeballs in this specific moment, not all year long, not all that kind of stuff. That's that's yeah. a reasonable argument. By the way, Tom, I know you want to say something, but I just want to say Kelsey Moser in the chat noted noted academy and amateur advocate uh, says, yeah, but orgs will literally not care unless they think they can draw viewership to it anyway. Sigh. <laughs> and, and that's just what I was about to say. Like, I know it's great to talk about, you know, having Academy for the purpose of developing talent, but you still have to understand who is the who are the people, you know, paying these Academy players' salaries. And, you know, of course, the, the amateur players still need to, you know, live and whatever. And, you know, to, to, to do all this stuff, it still costs money. Like, and now you have to ask, like, who is going to be the one if to pony up that? You, Tom you have Shoe. to ask, who is going to be the one to pony up that money? If and only, Tom like, Shu, there was a way for these orcs to make back money that they've invested into developing amateur players. I, like Jack, I'm sure has, has, would really love to figure out a way to make back money on players that he's signed and developed. 
If only okay, there was ridiculously insane fucking buyouts going on in this in this scene. Yeah, that... and maybe if we actually had decent viewership, we could get decent sponsors, and it would be a self-sustaining league, so we wouldn't have to have inc- ridiculous buyouts. But I don't maybe think we need to have ridiculous buyouts anyway, because the anyway, cost for the stuff uh, is. But uh, like I'm saying, is that you have to get the org owners to care because they're making this investment in here with they don't see any tangible short-term benefit and we already know that a lot of the owners are already thinking like how do i win my next lcs championship and like the only reason they're not doing that is because you know COVID is killing budgets right so yeah you have to you have to find some way to to get them to actually you know care and make the investment and viewers and if you can basically point to the viewership and look at hey like this is a way that we, we can make extra money and we can make this thing so it's not going to happen reason to invest in this this is a great well, fantasy not, that you and the the team owners have like oh man, if only we could just turn this into something where it's getting thirty thousand viewers we had thirty thousand fucking viewers on the lcs channel watching tsm versus whatever versus uh, uh tsm this past weekend and uh <laughs> I'm just losing my brain right now. And uh and we we can't oh EG. We had we had thirty thousand viewers watching TSM versus EG. We have bigger worries than trying to get like twenty to thirty thousand people to watch proving grounds. And so it's I, actually it's actually interesting that like a, both of these problems can actually kind of tie into each other. And that in my opinion is that you find a lot of the the growth in viewership by focusing attention on you know the players and their stories like why do you think bjergsen and double lift drive viewership because they were such huge stars <laughs> because they were really good at the game and they were on massive t- massive they were on teams that were wildly successful yeah so i'm like where's our where's our next bjergsen and double lift like how come lcs isn't taking the time to you know build up our next build we're, up our we're next going off topic star. but i don't yeah, think dude, that... no, no one's put any effort into building up blabber you're right yeah. yeah. Uh, can I just say, I, I think that we have the causality wrong here. Like, I don't think it's that LCS teams will invest in developing, uh, ta- um, uh, I guess, amateur level infrastructure because there's viewership of Proving Grounds. I think we can get people to care about infrastructure and Proving Grounds. For example, like if we had like a straight up just draft system or some sort, uh, sort of uh, other system of making NA talent and these tournaments actually matter, I'm sure these teams would invest more money here. So if the argument here is that we need to get more viewership for them to care about the development of the amateur scene, I think there are much more direct ways to do that. Again, like the amount of time that people are willing to devote to League of Legends is limited. Um, And I think there are better problems to focus on like LCS viewership just more directly. That said, to your point, sorry, I forgot your name. Tom Shu. Uh, Tom Shu. Uh, to your point, like it can be both true that viewership, like big viewership, is not the priority, and also true that we're falling below the minimum bar of promotion of this event. I don't know how much proving grounds has been promoted, and maybe it is below that ground. Maybe there's like some table stakes, low hanging fruit stuff that they can do. But in my personal opinion, to treat this as like um, a, a viewership generating product and one that will in some way improve the amateur development ecosystem, I think is a, is a fairly inefficient, inefficient use of resources. I, I just want to All I'm say- asking for is, is five minutes, like five minutes on the analyst desk, you know, just to- just And do you think that's gonna suddenly get you way more things. viewers, Tom? Yes, like, you know, we're talking about what? I think the last uh, Academy stream was sitting at like, what, 2000? Like we can double that. 
wow, 2,000 to 4,000, we're talking, what, 100% increase. Uh, okay. Well, I I just disagree. Um, I I think, by the way, the one thing I want to say before we, we say goodbye to Tom, and by the way, thanks, Tom. I always, you, you always create good discussion on the show, even if, if obviously, we're, we have strong disagreements about it. Um, always. I'm a little worried. I just want to say I'm a little worried about how much this stuff has been sold out to Mobilitics, Nerd Street Gamers, Verizon, all these these amateur organizations that are investing money into these players. I really, I love to talk to somebody about how there's we're making sure that we're not creating like a weird little amateur bubble where like a bunch of people invest into it this year, it doesn't get the viewership it needs, and then all this stuff falls out. Tom, anything you want to shout out before we go on to our our a quick break? I was say falling out already. You should have seen the the Silva Fide situation. I mean, anyway, I mean, I'm aware of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're aware of that. But anyway, Proving Grounds is tomorrow. I think it's 6 Eastern on the LCS channel. Make sure you come step in and watch Yasui dominate because I'm certain he will. So, Y'all have a great night. Have you too, a man. good one. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Yeah. All right. I know we're over time, but I appreciate uh, that we're going to take a quick break here. I hope all of you do as well to shout out Game Fuel. Uh, Fan Mountain Dew Gamefield, fantastic sponsor. Mark and I have been drinking their stuff uh, this evening. Uh, I personally am drinking. I need to reorder the Charged Cherry Burst. Uh, fantastic thing. I mentioned this last week, but they now have on their website. By the way, you can go there and use uh, go to gamefield.com slash Travis. Um, actually, I just realized that I think I think it's actually you go to gamefield.com. You can click on partners at the top. I'm sorry, I linked the wrong thing. And you can see the page that they have built out for me. But they now have the Victory Pass fully available. So you can see, for those of you that might have not heard me mention this before, they have like a Battle Pass style thing where you go there. As you buy Game Fuel, you level up your Victory Pass. You get all these levels. Previously, they only had five of the 20 levels revealed. Now they have all 20. So you can go over there and you can see the type of stuff that you can get, including things like Twitch Bits. Uh, you know, pretty big discounts on your next order, uh, sticker packs, all sorts of stuff um, that you can get just by, uh, basically you get something unlocked every time you order a case is my, is my understanding. I think you level up each time. So uh, be sure to go check that out. There's a actually a link in the uh, Twitch chat that I'm gonna put in. Um, but if you're watching on YouTube, you can uh, also do that. Again, use code Travis for 5% off your order of Mountain Dew Game Fuel. And, uh, and if you are outside the shipping range, because sometimes that website doesn't allow you to, uh, to ship to every uh, state, you can also use my Amazon link, which does help me a little bit with the tracking. Um, so you can still try it and, and give it a try. Uh, thank you so much to GameFuel for sponsoring the show. We really appreciate that. And uh, hopefully you guys can all go check out, as a favor to me, um, their Victory Pass rewards and possibly try one out again with code Travis at checkout. So thank you so much to GameFuel for sponsoring the show. Mark is off to grab our last caller. Shout out to uh, Verandi, Turtle Lord 97, Horny Jail for Kaisa, uh, <laughs> Valgom, uh, Moogle Saigonex for and D9 TV. Some more folks that I'll shout out in a little bit. But our last caller is here. Dez, where are you calling from? Dez, uh, calling from Vancouver, Canada. Dez, oh my God, we really, really got only one. That's very funny. Uh, so many <laughs> Canadians and, and folks from elsewhere. Uh, love Vancouver, by the way. Uh, what do you want to talk Great about place. on the show? Okay, so today I'm going to talk about how 100 Thieves is a worse version of TSM. Uh, TSM is better or even in every role. Mm -hmm. And Ryoma, an FBI who he 
are going to get gapped, and it's going to be a 3-0. Finally, some League of Legends. <laughs> been years since we talked about this. Shit. It's been like an hour talking about. You Just know, as a reference, Primal shit. Primal does not even believe that Am Academy and Amateur should be considered League of Legends. Uh, that's his, <laughs> that's his opinion on it. Um, okay, so uh, what? Do you want to elaborate a little bit on it, uh, Des, or yeah. do you want us to just uh, dive in? Go for it. Yeah, I have, a, I have a few notes here. So so they have very similar picks and play styles, right? So if you look at the the, the series 100 Thieves just played, uh, they picked Kai'Sa Hecarim every game um, with Rel or Alistar, right? And then some kind of Mage Mid and someday on, you know, Gnar or Gragas, I think, um, which is pretty much exactly the same thing TSM plays, right? So there's no way like TSM is gonna let them have the same, this, this draft that they want. Like Kai'Sa, Kai'Sa Hecarim is an insanely good combo. It's being picked all over the world. It basically like first picked by, by Dom on every game. So there's no way that they're gonna get that every game, right? Um, they have very similar play styles again of just like, you know, um, don't get too far behind early, and you can usually eke out a win by the by the late game. Um, but if I look at the the player matchups, like the mid, it's it's just a huge gap. Uh, the jungle, I recently started thinking is a huge gap after closers last uh, closers performance last series. Uh, I think what? FBI... Wait, pause. Hold up. You think closers yeah. performance last? You series mean the C nine series or the the dig series? Uh, the dig series. What? Yeah. Wait, what? He, he did not look that impressive. He he was out of place a couple of times. He couldn't snowball the early game unless Dardock was like throwing, uh, which he did a couple of times. Um, and then late game, he didn't didn't seem like he did much. What do you think about game had... three, Des? Why do you disagree? I was asking what why did what did you think of game three, Des? Game three? Oh, game three is um, Dardock just tilted out of his mind, goes in and gives the game away. Homie, I'm going to just send you the link to watch the series again. I like. <laughs> I, I don't know how you could say Culture looked bad that series. I, I'm not saying he looked bad. I, I don't think he looked like terrible, right? But like, considering how Dig was playing, I don't think he's like, he, he I don't know, did as well as he should have. And considering that, uh, I think against Speaker, who I think is roughly on par with him on, you know, when they're both having good days. But based on the last series, I think Closer is having, having uh, a, a worst uh, form right now. So I think Speaker's is going to gap them again. Dude, if, mean, you just, is... if you just said, based on every other game, <laughs> like every game <laughs> in the back half of the split, and the games he had versus C9, Closer looks bad, I'd be with you. But you really picked the 3-0 they had over Dig as evidence Closer is bad? Let me just help you make your argument better. Just like drop the Dig discussion and just be like, Closer yeah. has not looked as good as Spica, and you have a better argument. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Is like, you know, you want to talk about you think Speaker's going to outperform Closer? Totally valid argument to make. <laughs> say that he he like after his shit dig performance it's like <laughs> okay, okay well we're, getting, we're getting off topic here I am. let's let's That's get true? back to the broader point um des did you did you i know we we got distracted on the jungle thing yeah but did you have like a yeah so i think loss and fbi have roughly you know similar play styles they don't usually pop off in lane they just wait until 
uh, mid-game dragon fights on Kai'Sa and just like rack up a bunch of kills and snowball. Uh, so I think it's going to come down to support. And who he's positioning in that series was a little bit questionable sometimes. He had some really, really good um, wombo combo engages on, on Rel. Um, so so that's definitely, I think, the, the one way TSM could lose any games is, um, you know, mid-game, late-game, who he gets some amazing, amazing engages off. Uh, they can definitely win that way. But again, they're, the, the picks are very similar, right? So if that ends up being a problem, for example, in game one, if TSM loses, what they're probably going to do is ban out Alistair, pick Rel, something like that, right? So I, I don't know if that's like a reliable way to win. And I don't know, uh, I don't think they ha 100 Thieves has any other way to, to reliably push their leads. And hey, if you look one? at how TSM... Sorry, oh, go ahead. Just really, just if you can wrap it up, Tess, sorry. We're a little over time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you look at how TSM has like like lost games, they only lose if they get really, really far behind early. Uh, and even when they're like a little bit behind, they can usually still win late, late game. So... I haven't seen 100 Thieves be able to, like, really, really push an advantage uh, against uh, the teams that are, like, on par with them, right? The top four, top five teams. So I don't think they're going to be able to do that. And TSM is just a better late game team, I'm All right. So, Mark or Primal, who wants to dive in first? I'll go. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah go. Okay. Um, so I actually don't think that your take that uh, TSM will 3-0 100 Thieves is actually crazy. Um, particularly now that we've erased from our minds what you said about the big series and closer. Um, I agree, Spica is generally more consistent and better than closer. Um, I don't agree with the take that they're literally better in every role. I think FBI is clearly better than Lost. Um, I think who he is not as good as Sword Art right now. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he puts up a performance that's just as good as, as Sword Art in this series. Like if we see lock-in level and early split level, who, who he come back. Totally mm -hmm. agree with you. Ginormous mid gap. There's um, Realmo. Even this is where I think you can actually use an example of despite winning versus Dig, like Realmo did not look particularly good. He missed so many shot coins that, that series. Um, mm -hmm. Someday versus Huni is interesting. Like I'm, st I've, I did think that Huni was better overall over the course of the split, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see someday um, top gap them. Uh, if he can get if he can get his coordination issues with closer figured out because I feel yeah. like the issue with someday is not that he's not he mechanically up to speed he's he's clearly super good mechanically mm -hmm. um, you, I could even see someone arguing he's top two mechanically but for whatever reason either he's not good at playing with the team or the team doesn't play around it around him well and I think what the bright spot I saw from the dig series is closer played to top better than I think he has yep. pretty much all season so that's an area where I would say that if someday gets good jungle coordination and not situation where like closures coming top and they're like actually just donating kills, like mm -hmm. actively griefing the lane, uh, I actually could see a, a situation where someday bests Huni, uh, especially after we, how we saw how Huni played versus Impact. I think Impact stomped him. Um, I agree with that. Clearly, I think. Uh, um, oops, sorry. But oh, sorry. And I'll just end here. Um, that said, I think TSM as a unit is much much better than 100 Thieves as a unit. Um, I think the mid gap is like actually insurmountably big. Um, and because 100 Thieves is now a team that stylistically has chosen to play like TSM plays, I don't think they're going to beat TSM playing that game. If they're still playing how they played when they were like, picking a lot of roaming picks. I think this would be a very different series. But otherwise, yeah, I could see a 3-0 actually. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, and to yeah. touch on the on the jungle point, um, that's that is one thing because closer plays a lot to has been playing a lot to top, and Spica usually leaves leaves Huhi alone, and uh, to to be the losing the losing side. So depends on how that goes. Yeah, I mean historically, actually, over the course of the season, he played bot a lot more. Uh, FBI and Huhi had some of the highest jungle proximity rates in the league, lowest roaming percents, and someday was actually among the lowest. So I actually don't think that it'll be too top focused um, unless Huni is opting into more volatile matchups, which he kind of did in the EG series. Um, he usually does. Yeah, I mean, well, sometimes he plays Shen and sometimes he plays just kind of like weak side stuff for the team. Um, I, I want to see if he'll do that. Or, But if he's playing Ignite, TP Camille, if he's playing Nocturne and stuff, like. Oh, God, please no. Yeah, I <laughs> not mean, to so Camille again. <laughs> so that's that's the thing I'd say about the Huni someday matchup is like I think someday um, more consistent has his comfort picks that he's going to play. He's not going to branch too far out of anything other than like Nar, Renekton, um, I don't know, Gragas, whatever. Um, Huni might have some special sauce and like it gives him a larger error bar in some sense where like his performance is more variable. I think that'll go back and forth over the course of the series. Um, I think bot lane, they do different things. Uh, Sword Art's an incredible roamer and playmaker who he's been a lot more lane focused with FBI this split. Um, but I think that means that, generally speaking, 100 Thieves bot lane will win laning phase, um, even though I think Lost and, and Sword Art are really good. Their strength just isn't, isn't right there. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of aligned. I mean, I, I'm definitely leaning more TSM. The 100 Thieves series versus Dig, like, it was so draft dependent, and, like, Dig just looks so bad with their drafts. That, like, if you give the enemy team, like, literally the best champs in, in every role almost every single game, like, I would expect you to get 3 out, and that's what happened. Um, and so, like, I don't think TSM is going to do that. <laughs> I think they're actually going to play real control mages. Um, and then I think uh, TSM did look a little... They struggled against EG. It was not a, a super easy 3-1. Um, so That's it true. does make it a little weird where, like, 100 Thieves look great against an opponent playing really bad. And, like, TSM struggled against an opponent that yeah, actually kind of, kind, of, kind of made some good plays over the course of that game. So um, I'm with you. I think it's TSM favorite. I wouldn't go 3-0 as the most likely outcome, uh, but it could happen. It, could, it definitely could happen. It definitely could you got to have faith. You got to have faith, man. I, uh, you got to have faith in the 3-0. Normally people say the they yeah, want well, to have faith for like an upset. You're just like, you got to have faith exactly. that they can absolutely so... demolish their opponent. <laughs> um... I should have breakfast as I'm obviously biased. Well, the good news is that, um, the run it that we did two weeks ago where we predicted the entire LCS bracket, which has been 100% accurate so far oh. as TSM over, over 100 Thieves. So perhaps I, we can't, I can't comment on your 3-0 prediction, but you should be getting <laughs> a win here. Um, Des, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we close out the show? Yeah, shout out to Emily Rand, the greatest analyst on the analyst desk, the best esports journalist in the entire industry, and just an all-around amazing human being. We're friends. Is she so. even in the chat? <laughs> Emily, see this? She was. I don't know. She was here it. earlier. I think she's gone now. Well, somebody will oh, let her know. Is. I'm sure. Oh no, she is. She is there. Um. Anyway, uh, thanks so much, Des, for the call. We really appreciate it, and we'll catch you next time. All right. See you guys. See. Uh, see you, Mark and uh, and Primal. Thanks, Des. I, I gotta say the Emily shout out felt as much as praise for Emily as perhaps a dunk on all of us. Um. What are you, why okay. are you frozen, Mark? What's happening? Are Emily's okay? awesome. There's a fly. Oh, and you're trying to catch it? Dude, what? There's a fly around me, too. What the fuck? I don't have a fly. Uh, Mark, what do you got for us? What do you want to shout out? What do you want to plug? Nothing. I have nothing. My weeks <laughs> have become far too long. There's, I don't. 
you know, last week I did all the shit on Monday that I normally do, and then I did fucking nothing till I watched the games on Saturday. On Wednesday, you tweeted a picture of a hot dog toaster. So don't act like you didn't work during the week because that was that was work. Okay. Bro, I had to get that thing out. I had to put my feet up. I had to write it. Yeah, you post. You, know? you, you took two pictures. I only posted the one. Uh, shout out to Nathan's hot dogs, by the way. Primal, uh, what what plugs, shout outs, what do you got for us? Uh, I'm going to shout out my dog, Uzi, for being okay with me ignoring him for two and a half hours. Um, it's a real it, one. Yeah, he's dope. Um, thanks for having me again, guys. It was super, super fun. Uh, and then I guess if people want to follow me, I'm on Twitter. And where where are you on Twitter? Twitter.com slash that's primal. Very good. And um, Travis, I would love to see you do a comprehensive look at like LCS viewership and what we could do to improve. Um, yeah. Conversation to have. I don't. I don't think anyone should expect like a comment from Riot on it. I just don't think it makes sense from an incentive perspective. <laughs> Well, the great news is I sometimes interview those people and then uh, they'll probably dodge the, the question, but I I can at the very least ask them. Uh, but I think they're just going to be like, oh, you know, we've been really excited about, you know, having three days a week and the co-streams and a lot of people, you know, there's so many ways for them to just be like, oh, no, 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 nothing to see here. Everything but, is fine. But that makes sense. Like, it's a, it's a self-grief for them to be like, yeah, LCS viewership sucks. And, uh, like, I don't think they need to see that. Are, you know, our sponsors are getting ripped off. So I think I, uh, what I'm saying is I want to I want to see your perspective on what should be done. Okay. Not, I think you guys should continue the show for another half hour as you argue and I leave. I think, <laughs> I think what I would like to hear from Ryan, I'll say this and then, and then I'll give my shots and then be done. I think a great answer for them would be, hey, we know that uh, we lost Doublelift and we lost Bjergsen. As, as a league, we didn't really expect that. And so, you know, admittedly, we didn't do a great job of building up new stars. But here are the three to four ways in which we are really looking forward to, like, uh, growing the league. You know, you don't even have to acknowledge that there's a drop. You can just say, we're excited to grow the league, and these are the three to four ways in which we're we're looking to, like, help expand the viewership. You know, there's there's ways to do this. And, um, and to be clear, I, I think Riot, like, I, contrary to opinion, they definitely listen. They definitely pay attention to these conversations. So if people have, like, some suggestions on, like, what they think could make the league better and they want to see, I think it's it's a good conversation to have. Uh, you can check out uh, our episode of Run It this week. We're going to be highlighting some of the MVP folks. Uh, shout out to Tim, who wanted to do one on, on Proving Grounds. And I was like, I... What if we did something on MVP? So everybody can hate me. I'm the villain of, of Amateur and Academy. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks everyone for watching. Thanks Primal for coming on. Thanks Mark for being patient and uh, being 25 minutes over schedule. And uh, this has been Hotline League episode 166.